It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This week in league, Paris CEO Ken Edwards finally takes a bullet for his appalling missed tackles and drop ball. Felice, one dressing room in glitzy Lilyfield location. Superstar neighbours, no pets or Moltons allowed. The Gold Coast launches an audacious bid to kill off State of Origin footy just like they killed off the Giants, Seagulls, Chargers and Titans. And we'll preview all of the action for round 19 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 129 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay. Um, this week, first of all, can I just say that I'm staggered with the response to the Tigers in decline shirt. It was slow to, it was slow to get started on like the first, you know, two or three days or whatever before we recorded the, um, the, the episode last week where we said, you know, fucking get off your asses and buy it. Well, let me tell you, the first run um, might even sell out before we've even got it. So it might even... You know, maybe we, you know, if we get more orders in before, you know, like over the next two days, then it may be that, you know, the the size of the first run actually increases because, um, basically, if you want a, a Tigers in the client shirt and you don't want to wait for it, because what's going to happen is we're going to order the first batch and, you know, it's going to take a couple of weeks to turn around and, you know, add a week to that for us to sell it, so I send it out to you guys who've ordered it already. Then there's going to be some left over, over and above that. I've ordered a couple, you know, over and above each of the sizes, you know, based on, uh, how many have been sold in each size and stuff like that. So it's probably about, you know, like half a dozen maybe extras across the board. But once they're gone, then, you know, they're all going to have to go and then we'll, then we'll re-up for another batch of shirts. So if what you What can I say, Nathan? Now our, uh, our listeners are um, cunts, basically. I, say, I, see, I say legends, <laughs> and I thank them very much for their support of the show because, I mean, you know, not only are they supporting, you know, the, fine, <laughs> the finest hashtag in the world. Quite frankly, Nathan, I, I take this personally. I take this as a personal slur because, <laughs> you know, I come here every week. Yeah, I give them a time. Yeah, to entertain people. Yeah, and and give them you know laughs yeah. and put a little little bright spot in their otherwise fucking dull and dreary lives. <laughs> and this is how these cunts repay me. I tell ya, <laughs> they repay they repay you by buying or giving me money. Okay, by, yeah, by, and that's fair enough. Continue to do that. Yeah, yeah, by buying merchandise, which ensures the, the cost of the show are covered. But yeah, um, if you don't want to wait for a shirt, you know, get onto thisweekinleague.com right now. Go to the shop, order one probably by the end of the week because uh, then if we were to sell out of the initial batch I was planning on buying then you know I'll add you know I'll throw an extra 50% on there or you know, double it depending on how many sales but uh, once the order's in the initial batch gets made pre-orders get shipped out whatever's left becomes available for purchase um, 
And so obviously the people who pre-ordered guaranteed we're going to have extras for each size, but the only way to guarantee a shirt in your size over the next couple of weeks anyway is to register and pre-order now because then you'll be taken into account with the actual order. And, you know, if it means we have to jack up the size of the initial run, so be it. Um, we put it out last week for the, the next shirt. You know, what should it be? Like we had things like, um, you know, like Undefeated Asterisk and uh, like a Twill Nation one. Undefeated Asterisk seems to be the unanimous uh, favourite. Some people are kind of like, look, I'll buy either. Um, but undefeated, yeah, there's something got, I can get behind. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of good. It's kind of like a, um, it's like a pay a, a repayment back to the Tigers fans who listen to the show, who perhaps don't want a Tigers incline shirt for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm, as I said before, I I will definitely buy one, um, and I'll take great pleasure in burning it, recording the said burning, and uh, putting it on our Facebook page. I should get it made like in more in polyester then rather than 100 percent cotton. Just so it goes up better. <laughs> I'll pour some petrol on it. will be fine. Okay. Um, also, that's another suggestion came in. Ref's fold. Sensational idea yes. for a shirt. And that one is... Uh, put it this way. After this whole process of doing the... Um, Set up the, a stall out the front of Brookvale Oval. We'll settle a few of those, won't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, after this, the, the process setting up the Tigers into decline one and... Uh, and, you know, going through supplies and everything like that, I've got the fucking system down pat now. So, quite frankly, we can bust these shirts out... Every two months, we can bust a new shirt out easy. I mean, if they were, if they were selling, like the Tigers into clients selling, we could bust a new one out every month. Easy. Easy. So, um, you know, ideas, you know, anyone, you know, what you want for a shirt, by all means, let us know if there's something from the show that we could uh, T-shirt eyes because, I mean, at the moment, you know, undefeated, it's like, obviously, it's a standout, you know, it's a no-brainer. And, you know, like a Twill Nation one just for, you know, the listeners of the show. Uh, Ref's Fault, obviously fantastic as well. And there's some other ones as well um, coming down the... the 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 road as well and there's some ones that aren't related to this show that I'm going to rock out as well so um maybe a t-shirt magnate by the end of all this I set up a separate store for uh, some other stuff as well so just because the process is so easy and I can finally have an outlet for my design you're making this all about yourself Nathan no 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 not at all quite frankly the show would be fuck all without me I mean you wouldn't have any t-shirts to sell there's so going to be t-shirt magnate <laughs> no that's because I'm not saying there's going to be t-shirts obviously based on stuff from the show but I've Basically, this process has just opened up my mind to fucking so many t-shirts I personally want to have, <laughs> so I'll create them and then other people can buy them and then we can all have them. Give me a t-shirt that says Nathan Gillis is a cockhead, I'll fucking buy 10. If you were to buy 35, <laughs> I can make that happen for you. <laughs> um, now, feedback this week from Facebook. Um, just quietly, we're approaching 1,800 likes on Facebook, so... 2k by the season's end is definitely on the card which is crazy because remember last week we really had to scrabble for you know, for year. likes and we last year and we um and we got to like about it was about a thousand and twenty something the I think season, by the yeah. end of the season yeah like a thousand was a goal this time I haven't really pushed it massively but um you know we're looking it's you know we've got sort of six you know six seven weeks plus finals and world cup and stuff for the end of the season so we'll crack 2k easily I say as I jinx it um <laughs> so Facebook we had one from a uh, Dennis Valente, who's um, quite active on Facebook, actually. Very exotic name. Very exotic. and uh, He's probably a very mysterious and good-looking gentleman. Um, the comment With a was, dodgy moustache, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, like one of, like one of those, like Uncle Creepy in, uh, in UFC. Mm. Like, you know, with the curls on, around the edge. And maybe he's just Mr. Creepy. I'm <laughs> sure he's been called that before. Andos 20. <laughs> um, Andos Valente. He said, um, 
I thought your comments on Perth versus Central Coast were off the mark. Perth gets one game in three years and gets 17,000, and all of a sudden they're the next big thing. The Central Coast has thousands of league players, with some junior clubs fielding three or even four teams per age group. Despite not having a team, the Bears have almost 10,000 paid members. Great stadium, great leagues club, wealthy backers, but no team. If the NRL had a brain, there would be a team on the coast. Instead of plonking a team in a city that won't care and then spend millions to develop the area and giving away thousands of tickets, put a team on the coast. This region is a league heartland, but the people are tired of waiting. Soccer's gaining here with the Mariners. There's even a soccer school here. I'd much prefer to see black and red flags lining the road outside the stadium and bloody soccer. The fact is a team here would be a financial success and self-sustaining. A team in Perth would drain a lot of money out of the game trying to prop it up. Sounds like a Central Coast local. <laughs> he lives on the Central Coast, clearly. Point by point, though. I, I agree. Perth, Perth I... didn't have one game in three years. They've had two games. They had two games last year. And it's there's one or two games this year as well. I wouldn't have a major drama. You're, you're just a repugnant fool that won't see anything go to the Central Coast because of the Northern Eagles. I won't see anything go to the Central Coast because they don't deserve it because they've had their chance <laughs> to get behind a team in the Central Coast. And not only that, there's, you know... The Bears got more members than Manly. There's several... Get the fuck out of here. How many members have Manly got? Over 10,000. I'll tell you that. 10,001. Only has to be 10,001, doesn't it? They have more. <laughs> the key word is more, motherfucker. Um... And the thing is, the crowds, the, the crowds, uh, you know, like Manly take games up there, Rabbits take games up there, Tigers take games up there, you know, Dogs have taken a game up there. No one went to the Dogs game up there. I mean, they just, you know, if you want to, if you want a rugby league team up there, I mean, I I understand that you want your own team and all that sort of thing, but the NRL puts games up there for a reason. They put them up there for your entertainment, and also they put them up there to probably gauge the public reaction to league and the public desire to see league games. So if you're not packing blue tongue out every time. You're telling the you're telling the NRL that we're not you know when you know this is these are the crowds and I mean cause, and let's face it when teams go up there I mean often you know mainly play the Tigers a lot of the time and you know sometimes we play Newcastle there sometimes we play South and South play other people you know most of those people are coming from down the F three you know who are the fans of the other team so Central Coast people need to um, really get behind all the games that take place in their backyard to prove that there is actual desire for a league rather than being petty about it. And like saying, oh, we're only going to go and support like the Bears. That's the only team we're going to watch. We're not going to go and watch any other games, but NRL, believe us, trust us, trust us. You put the Bears there, you're fuck off, full house every time. And the NRL's like, well, fucking prove it by actually going to games. Are you finished? I don't um, think Central Coast will get a team anyway. <coughs> um, <coughs> if I was making, well, casting the vote or uh, making that decision, I would put the team in Perth. Okay, Perth, Wellington, second Brisbane team. Wellington. Then maybe... Oh, you want to talk of people fucking not going to games? Then maybe, maybe Central Coast, fourth. Fucking Jesus. If PNG hasn't got a consortium together by that stage. What about Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide would probably be in front of them if they had, any, if they had anything behind them. Your argument's invalid. Next. Okay. Thank you for your input, though, yeah, Mr. We, we like, Valente, exotic yeah. named gentleman. Of the Central Coast. The most exotic man on the Central Coast. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave Butler. <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about Tigers in decline and stuff. And players that have left the Tigers and then kicked on like Fafita, for example. This is the first thing he brings up. Andrew Fafita left and grew into a beast. Apart from him, Hino kind of gets lost in the sea of back rowers in the Shire. Gibbs is no better than Buchanan or Sue of the Tigers. And David Nofaluma and Tim Simona are at least equal to Bo Ryan and better than Blake Ashford and a shitload cheaper. The future at Concord is looking bright. Hash, shove your client up your ass, cunts. 
Hey, wait, 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 wait. Where's the plural coming to it, son? Dave. Dave. Oh, Dave. Dave. Let's, why plural? Why are you doing this to me? I'm on your side, man. I sing from the same hymn sheet. In the church. Church of Farrah. Oh, Every Sunday. I mean, he's, he's got a point. Well, I mean, wasn't Fafita... Fafita like, was... He well, was kind of a beast when he was at the Tigers. He was a beast. He was sensational. You loved him. What, was, and wasn't he like a situation where they had like Quasi Grotto and... Um, wouldn't mean Woods, Buchanan, yeah. probably Woods, yeah. And it was like kind of we got to keep two or three and they just fucking back the wrong horse in Quasi Grotto. That's what I thought. That's essentially what it come down to. But Quasi's got a long... He's still got a lot of time left. To make, on, the, on, make the fucking, on, on the bench. Oh, he's, he's only just made a comeback from injury, Nathan. I think that's a little bit unfair. Yeah, but it takes you that long to get back from a fucking cracked toenail. <laughs> Fuck me, <laughs> dead. What future Is this how tonight's going to go? Because I've had enough already. <laughs> I'm just getting started, actually. Um, we had a message from... Um, I don't know if should, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give his name. Anthony Crozier. He said, I spoke to a board member of the Waratahs about if they were going to take on Benchy. He laughed and said only if he'd play for free. He mentioned he'd probably end up at the Auckland Blues. Which well, is interesting because there is a lot of Waratahs talk going around. There is a lot of Waratahs talk, and I would imagine most of that's generated by Benji's manager. Mm. Um, there has who, who's playing? Who's playing uh, fly half and scrum half for the Blues? They'd be going, hang on a sec, what are we fucking chop liver? <laughs> uh, clearly, if they're looking at I'll Benji Marshall, I'll fucking kick out the as good as anyone, including Benji. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I can kick and goals. And I'm supposed to. <laughs> and I can actually kick goals. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that's who I feel for. What are those yeah. poor pricks going to be? Doing? Oh, I don't feel for them. They made their bed. They play rugby union. Fuck them. Good point. All right. Uh, on Twitter, some of our, uh, our UK listeners are doing a fantastic job. Uh, and one of them, in uh, Bernard JKD on Twitter, he's put a um, <laughs> hash catwatch episode three location Sheffield, another mostly deserted stadium. Cup quarter final versus lower league Sheffield. The cat was man in the match. Twenty nine ten to London. Cat in the Hat scored a marvellous solo try. Did his stupid gun holster celebration. Michael Robertson still crap. Of course he is. Um, oh, he scored. Oh, he's got. He's got. He's got a penis. Penis the size of a fucking South American anaconda, and he scored a hat trick in the grand George final. Burgess. Yeah, he scored a hat trick in the fucking grand final. I mean, that makes him in very, very elite company indeed. If. Um if, if if George Burgess and, and Michael Robertson are doing helicopters right together, yeah. fucking George George Burgess is definitely Apache, and Michael Robinson's one of those little squirrels that musters cattle. Sure. <laughs> is that what they call squirrels, I think? <laughs> not up on the helicopter. How do we get back on the cock talk again? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, oh, oh, someone, someone, someone like, <laughs> like Glenn probably steered us towards it. And there was no Polynesians involved either. I mean, he's no. pasty, pasty people. Um, <laughs> very, very pasty. Then we had uh, Rob Moore V1. He said, uh, yeah, Championship Sheffield versus ESL London. Soured update. He scored a try. Hash still a cat. And then we had White Pie came in and said, uh, you'll be pleased to know Cat in the Hat is still going for drop goals. He missed mine as it hit the crossbar. And then a couple of minutes later, he tweeted and said, yeah, Cat in the Hat now one from two for field goals. <laughs> How about people that, act that, you know, of whatever small amount of people actually went to watch that game? Yeah. Curious about Jamie Soward, the rock star. He's arrived oh, in he town. Brings, bring, he, brings, he brings kids to the game. Puts bums on seats. Yeah. I mean, like they say, Benji. Generously proportioned bums on seats. Yeah. With Filled helmets. With Yorkshire puddings. Yeah. With helmets. <laughs> 
But what about they go, you know, we might go and, um, oh, we might go and check out this Jamie Soward then, eh? And Jamie Soward gets in there, rocking out for the London fucking Broncos, and pulls out his fucking gun holster thing. Wouldn't you just forget, why did I waste my money? Fucking wanker. Oh, this guy's a fuckhead. <laughs> Okay, news. First up, let's start the clock. Ashford to the Sharks on a two-year deal. Is that it? That's, That's it. That's all you're going to say? That's all I'm saying. Um, your, your thoughts? I, I, think it's in, I think it's inconsequential news. It doesn't mean shit in the world of rugby league, but he's coming from your team, which is why I put it in. He was good in 2010, and I expected him to kick on. But like a lot of the uh, young talent that came through at the Tigers... He hasn't really blossomed into the play they thought he was going to be, and it's now time for him to make way salary cap-wise for the emergence of Tim Smona. 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 Gold Coast making a bid for the 2017 Origin. Fucking please. Now, they, I think it's not going to be skilled. I think they're talking Metricon, and I think after all the stuff that happens for the Commonwealth Games, it's going to have a capacity of like 90,000 people. Oh, I heard 50 or 60. Yeah. But I remember back in the day when... The first season, 2007, when the Titans first mm-hmm. came in, um, Nicklin decided she wanted to be a Titans fan. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Yep. So we had season tickets at the Titans. Yep. And um, that was at Carrara. Yep. And it wasn't, you know, like the shape of the stadium and the, the way the seating was arranged. Yeah. It, it was all temporary because they knew they were only going to be there one season. But yeah. It wasn't that flash. It's not. It's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty good as Metricon. Now I was down there in December when there was a um a UFC pressing. It was basically. But it's still an to, oval yeah. ground. It's an oval ground. I mean, they've they've done it up nicer than it was. You know, the stands and everything are better. You know, more capacity and everything. Sure. They were back in the Carrara. You know, when it was Carrara for the, uh, the Gold Coast Chargers and or you know whoever else used to play there. But um, yeah, I mean. Oval grounds. It's like you remember. I mean, how many Broncos games did you go to back when they were at, like um, at QE two or whatever? Zero. It was? Yeah, I went to a fair few because it was just down at um, Mount Gravatney where I lived at the time. It's fucking terrible watching games there because the field, like the dead ball line, is like you know fifteen twenty meters away yeah. from the fucking fence, and you're just like, what? They're watching this little rectangle in the middle of a big oval. So yeah, it's fucked. And um, and Gold Coast can fuck themselves anyway. And it, really, you know, why? Unless. The- the government, the local government down there, which is not going that flash. The, the Gold Coast isn't renowned for being flush with cash outside of Jupiter's. He's trying to be. He's trying to be like you know Victoria. He's like, oh, I want to track all the major events to the thing, you know, because yeah. like pretending like the Commonwealth Games is a major event, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. it's, in a, it's it's the games. It's the games that you go to if you're Australian and you, you want to get watch all the, and, and you want to win ten gold medals. <laughs> Ten each. Oh, as yeah, an athlete, like, as an yeah, athlete, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, and um, and you know, you may you may not even get a bronze in the Olympics, but you get ten ten golds in the Commonwealth Games because over my dead body will will state of origin football be played in Queensland anywhere other than Suncorp Stadium. I agree. Over my dead body. Over your dead body. I will have absolutely nothing to do with it. I can guarantee you, but I will fucking neck myself. All right, Matty Bowen. I hope no one's recording this or listening. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Matty Bowen contemplating retirement. Uh, his quote was, uh, when asked about, you know, whether he figures out, you know, his contract issues, hopefully soon, I want to put things to bed. Um, if it means calling it quits, I'll call it quits, but I want to play on. We'll see what happens. I want to play some good footy first. So what that sounds like to me is that uh, perhaps, you know, negotiations have started with the Cowboys and they're not that promising in terms of um, his future there. If his manager's any good, he'll be going to England. Yep. If Jamie Sow can get a run, Matt Bowen will be man of steel three years running. Exactly. And uh, finally, Blake Ferguson had a brief appearance in Waverley Local Court on Tuesday. Pled not guilty and it's been adjourned to, till September, as everyone would have assumed it would have just been a quick in and out and um, adjourned. So now Canberra want him back for the weekend. Um, his suspension is going to be reviewed by the NRL now. And uh, yeah, so Canberra hope he'll be back, but yeah, you know, I guess there's a chance of it. Did he plead guilty to being a cockhead? No. The only charge... That wasn't one of the charges. Oh. Maybe Only the charge was know. just molestering someone. In the court of public opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, guilty yeah. as charged. He's, he's been locked up for life on that charge already. You <laughs> have back when he was at fucking Cronulla. <laughs> back when he said... The way he stated that he wanted his release from Cronulla and the reasons behind it, he was, he was fucking guilty throwing, throwing away the key. He, exactly. could, he could become a fucking monk now and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> it's done. You can go and feed all the Africans. And be like, nah, doesn't matter. You're still a fucking douchebag, man. Apparently, he's been staying with his uh, non-drinking cousin, Anthony Mundine. Keeping on straight and narrow. Of course he has. There you go. Anthony Mundine, he's changing lives. Yeah. One douchebag at a time. Shaking up the world. (laughs) Okay, now on to the uh, main stuff and the biggest story of the week, of course. Benchy to leave the West Tigers. Well, presumably to leave the West Tigers, although it hasn't been decided at this stage. But West Tigers 5'8", Benji Marshall, will seek a release from the final two years of his contract. His manager, Martin Tauber, has confirmed to Fairfax Media that he has told Tigers officials of the Kiwi representative's desire to leave the club at the end of the season. The 28-year-old will now likely play rugby union. He's returned from a holiday in Bali, adamant he will leave the club, which he's helped play, which he has played with for more than a decade and helped to a... Fluky premiership success in 2005. Did you have to put that in? Just, you're laying just, the slippers in I'm as just, it is. I'm just reading it. I'm, you are not. I'm just you are it. not doing that. I'm you're re- laying the slippers in I'm, as it is. I'm just reading You've it. done it consistently I've got it for the last fucking me. 12 hours. And I'm just saying <laughs> that putting f- shit like that in there isn't helpful, Nathan. To whom? Me. <laughs> You've had last night to come to terms with this. Now, um, Torba said, I've had a conversation with the Chief Operating Officer, Grant Mayer, and I've advised him of Benji's decision. Benji will play out the balance of the 2013 year. It will seek an early release. Torba's been in negotiations with the Tigers officials since earlier this year, but those talks broke down after Marshall was benched by coach Mick Potter for the clash with South Sydney in round 10. He's known to be disillusioned that the Tigers did not honour a handshake agreement for him to sign a contract upgrade and extension, which would have seen him stay at the club until the end of 2017. Recent discussions between the Tigers and Torba have only centred on an upgrade of his current deal which expires at the end of 2015. Marshall's current contract allowed for a renegotiation following an increase in the salary cap due to a new broadcast rights deal. He has long been adamant that he would not like that he would not play against the Tigers which leaves Super Rugby as his likely destination. Auckland Blues coach John Kerwin has held talks with Torba who is expected to now commence formal discussions with Waratahs coach Michael Chicker. There was also some speculation on Monday linking Marshall with the Melbourne Rebels. Um, Torba stressed that he did not have a deal confirmed with any rugby union outfit. This has been a very difficult decision. This young man has given 12 years of his football life to a club that he has great regard and affection for. 
Torba said. However, with what's transpired, he believes it's time for him to take up another challenge for what will basically be the next five years of his life. We have many regrets, but we understand that the club has a business to run. It's unfortunate that it's come to this. It would be remiss of us not to express our thanks to a number of the board members and the Chief Operating Officer for all their considerations. Sad day for me, I have to say. Um, But purely when you look at it, you have to think of the future. And I think... The sentimental choice would have been, you know, Benji's provided us all with a lot of entertainment, uh, a lot of great memories, had a large hand in our premiership win in 2005, but 2005 was a a fucking long time ago, Nathan. It's a very, very long time ago. And um, outside of 2010, which I think is probably the best season of Benji's career, um, and, and also to a slightly lesser extent in 2011, Benji... Benji hasn't been the player that uh, consistently, certainly week in, week out, we've we've seen it, him control games and take over games and win games for the Tigers they had no right to win in that time, no doubt about it. But um, he, he hasn't been Benji Marshall every week and, and the sort of money and the extended deal that he was looking for or that, um, you know, was apparently... Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, agreed on prior to this, um, or at least a handshake agreement, he hasn't been that player. And I don't think the fact... I don't think the player that he has been justifies that sort of cash. So, as I said to you earlier today, if um, if Tim Sheens and Stephen, Stephen Humphreys were still in control of the club, this would never have made the media. Benji would have been signed, yep. sealed and delivered until 2017 based purely on sentiment and his relationship with Tim Sheens. Yep. And I think Grant Mayer has come in and he's got the full support of the most powerful um, section of the board and he's making a business decision. And when you look at it, to, to have Benji Marshall in current form and certainly the, the form... Um, of last season, um, to have him at the club for another four seasons, but on huge money, when you've got young kids um, like Mitchell Moses, Luke Brooks, um, Tim Simona, uh, James Tedesco, and and also the forwards. Let's not Soaso, Sue, see you Manif- see you um, You know you've got guys like that. I mean, let's not forget Brayton Astor. No doubt he'll want a contract upgrade. The thing is, it's important to note as well that they actually did offer him a significant upgrade over the next two years as well. So it wasn't like they were dutting him out of cash. All they were doing was deferring any conversations on 16 and 17 seasons. Exactly. And and he's got so he's got the shits based on that. And, and I've seen some people say, oh, you know, people talk about loyalty and loyalty's dead in rugby league, but... That sounds like me. I said that. And I, quite frankly, as a former member of the West Tigers, I am disgusted in the way the club treated this fine young man. <laughs> you idiot. Um, I'll never become but, a, I'll never renew a membership for that club ever do, again. Let's just say that 2005 happened, right? Yep. Everyone, look. Most um, people have forgotten it, to be fair. I, I certainly have not forgotten yeah. it, Nathan. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and then 2006 happened and Benji got injured. In 2007, Benji got injured. 2008, Benji got injured. 2009... Injured a bit there too. And 2010 came along, best year of his career. And in 2010, we started doing this show, and then you insisted to me that Benji wasn't an injury-prone player. 
<laughs> despite the fucking half decade of evidence that preceded I it. Don't, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember ever saying that. Um, I may have said, uh, oh, 2009 was probably, he played pretty much a whole season. It was a yeah. couple of games at the start of the season with a yeah. knee. But, yeah. So, so um, you basically you got you caught amnesia in the space of nine months. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> but the club stood by him based on the promise that he'd, he'd shown earlier in his career and then obviously um, delivered on that promise in 2005. But, geez, there were some lean times in there. 2010 <laughs> repaid the faith, um, you know, without Not at all because he didn't get a premiership. Well, you're an absolute person, Nathan, I think. I am. Uh, I am an absolute person, you're right. <laughs> you're very black or white and, and that probably speaks to a lack of intelligence on your part. But if you let the big people talk for a moment... Um, oh, and results. Sorry? As a fan of a club, I, all, all I demand I'll from the club is... I'll give you a result in a minute. Yeah. The show will end. Yeah. <laughs> now... I just want I just want results and results in rugby league. The goal, you know, the quantifiable goal is, you know, firstly the minor goal is is finals, and you know, preferably higher finals position than, than other clubs, and then premierships. That's right. Benji has failed to deliver finals and premierships for ninety percent of the seasons he's been at the club. <laughs> and that's that's another point I wanted to make. Um, in getting back to the Tigers making a business decision, it's professional sport and and. You basically, it's performance based, and you know, Benji isn't performing like a player worthy of, you know, in vicinity of seven to seven hundred thousand to a million dollars a year, which is the sort of money we're talking. Yeah, and but despite that, they offered him well over seven hundred grand a year That's for, right. for for uh, fifteen and fourteen. But certainly not at the expense of these young kids and I think if Benji was to stay until 2017 there's no avenue into first grade um, for at least one of Luke Brooks and Mitchell Moses so at least one of those guys are going to go there's yep. only one other half position if he's there for another four years mm -hmm. um, or three years after this um, and it also that's a big chunk of your salary cap so these other kids um, if their progression continues um, under the, the new regime at the club. I think, um, you know, the previous regime under Sheen's, players tended to get a little bit comfortable. Yep, definitely. And, you know, they showed a lot of promise. They made first grade, and there was, you know, that was the end of the challenge for them. And you look at some of the squads we've had um, to make the finals in two seasons. We've had our share of injuries at times as well, but, you know, some of the squads that we've had, uh, especially last year, was, you know, abysmal. So, I think it's a refreshing change to see, um, you know, the management and coaching staff at the Tigers ready to put their balls on the line and, and um, you know, basically assemble the squad that they they want that's going to have an, a long-lasting effect on, on the, the performance overall of the place. And, and, you know, Benji could well have been a part of that. And I think, um, you know, some egos come into play. He was um, obviously... He had been propped up by Stephen Humphreys and, and Tim Sheens for a long time in his career and, and didn't know what it was like to play and, and have to play and perform week in, week out to justify your income. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to contract time, you know, that's what you're judged on. And I'm Benji Marshall. I'm the best player in the world. Glenn said so. He hasn't been the best player in the world in his entire career, but even less so. I would like to show you his Golden Boot Award. That would probably indicate otherwise. Yeah, I'd like um, to show you one that Kevin Sinfield got as well. <laughs> Don't try and hold that up as like some fucking award that's worthy of anything. 
Calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's a sad day to see Benji go, but as far as, um, you know, we could have had another two or three years of, you know, performances like we've got for the last season and a bit, or season and, and almost two-thirds now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, would the fans have been happy with that? A few highlight real moments. Um, maybe we'll make the finals, who knows? And and then at the expense of, you know, probably from next season, the you know, next five or ten years of the future of our club in, in these young kids coming through. So um, I think it's a smart business decision. Um, I am very sentimental towards Benji, but um, certainly wish him all the best, and I hope he does carve up wherever he goes. And, um, you know, no doubt he'll get some satisfaction out of that. But at the end of it all, I think when Benji's done and dusted and he's finished playing whatever code that, you know, he ends up playing and, and completes his career, I think in the quiet times, I think he's going to be the one with the regrets as to how this has played out. And uh, I think he his manager has given him some advice to to play hardball with the Tigers and, um, you know, in the past they've flinched with, with Humphreys and Sheens and people like that at the helm. Yep. Um, it's a new new regime and a new era at the Tigers and they didn't budge one bit. And um, that's a credit to them. That's the line they're going to take and, and they're obviously committed to it. So um, I think, you know, someday Benji's going to be sitting down in his jandals um, next to his jolly bun, thinking about his career um, and he's certainly going to have a few regrets about his his the finish of his time at the Tigers. And so with this, it brings a conclusion to the uh, the war of the two dressing rooms. It certainly does. Robbie is a significant victor with Molson looking to head off to England. Interesting to see that Robbie has come out and said that... Uh, He's gutted. Was no, he gutted? Or was he shocked? I think he was shocked. He was, he was shocked. He, he expected Benji to, Benji to say, but he also added that no player is bigger than the club. Yeah, which and says fucking volumes. It really does. And he says... Um, you know, and quite frankly, if I was, even if my best mate was in that position and 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 it had played out the same way, I would probably have a similar thing to say. But he he also um, he said if if he uh, when he finishes his career, the Tigers will move. You know, will always move on, and um, they'll move on, and other players will come and go. So yeah. tried to soften it. Sorry, <coughs> he tried to soften it in the end because the thing is. Robbie will play his last game for West Tigers in, in Tigers colours. Yes, he will. And uh, and he won't skulk off the Union like other lesser talented players before him. Wow. As we close the book on one B Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and so on the subject of Benji, um, obviously this this news sort of broke during Monday Night Football. People were tweeting us about the game, but also. I mean, once the Benji news started happening, you know, the, the tweets just started flooding in, obviously, you know, people knowing that you'd be pretty concerned about the whole situation, Glenn. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, we had that uh, Ben Dunn 43. Can someone check on Glenn? I'm worried what he'll do when he hears Benji news. And then we've got Chapo the creator. Benji even wants to leave the sinking ship that is hash tigers in decline. Oh, fuck. See, that's the thing. You go through something and you're taking it all in... And then you've got people that you just want to punch in the fucking throat <laughs> having pot shots. Berkeley underscore Eagle said, don't worry, Tigers fans, you still have Adam Blair. And <laughs> Tigers in decline. Ah, oh, people and, are great. Uh, and then I put a tweet out there and said, you know, being the, being the capitalist that I am, I put a tweet out and said, breaking, Tigers in decline shirts even more relevant than it was. <laughs> Get yours here, link. 
<laughs> and uh, Life of Ty said, uh, has Benji bought his? <laughs> oh, imagine that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what else we got here? Benny27 said, uh, third host on This Week in League, hash jobs for Benji. <laughs> <laughs> to which Garbs replied, Garbs 1985. Then you'd need two more hosts to get back up to three because Glenn would be gobbling you off the whole time. <laughs> That's pretty much pretty factual, really. How dare you? And uh, Rob Moore V1 said, Breaking news, Benji Marshall requests exit from West Tigers. Twill announces increase in sales of hash tigers in decline tea. Hash real news. Yes. Ugly Kid Dave. Ah, Benji, what a sook. Could see this coming round one when he sent his mates into the car park to attack my mate. Hash fuck Benji. Interesting story. I'd like to hear more. Maybe that's send us a, an email. That's a, yeah, you send us an email, get on Facebook, Dave, or uh, you know, multiple tweets, whatever. I want that story for next week's show because that does sound sensational. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Benny27 said, can you get Benji to personally sign the Hash Tigers and Decline shirts? And uh, the shirts are a popular topic, actually. Tall Hayden said, I guess Benji just really, really wanted one of those Tigers in decline shirts. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? CA Photo 10 said, At least fans wanting to eat a pie in the first two rows at Leichhardt won't have to worry about flick passes to the face. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a cock. <laughs> TBI Penguin. He's all like slagging us off yeah. all week. And then he's like, Buy my photos. <laughs> Buy my photos, please. I, I, I haven't paid attention Stick to Stick your photos in your ass. Jeez, TBI Penguins. Uh, surely Benji gets a free shirt. <laughs> um, Paul Hayden's probably got the best word on this subject. Benji got married in the off-season. Is his wife's name Yoko? <laughs> 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 uh, bl- Fucking, that's just long bow dragging yeah. her into it. <laughs> Blue underscore Beaver said, Does Benji realise that although penalty kicks are worth more in Union, miss kicks are still worth zero? And uh, we've got uh, CK Jonesy said, I'll be the first to say it, guys, with the breaking Benji Marshall news, hash Tigers on the incline. Well, he's never really been a big Benji fan. Well, no, I mean, but who has other than you? Well, mainly because Jonesy's not really a fan of people, let alone Benji Marshall. Mainly because, following on from that, Jonesy's a cock. Then we had a bit of a... Uh a bit of an interaction between a couple of guys here, but uh, Mad Dog underscore No Space said, I wonder what the reaction of the West Tigers fans will be over Benchygate. I reckon it'll be similar to Manly and Des. And then on a blood buzz came back and said, uh, what, completely rational, respectful and dignified? One can hope. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Michael Darren, 79. Jamie Lyon, 31, at the top of his game. Benji Marshall, 28, form is waning. Jeez, I don't know about that. And uh, Jamie Lyon, yeah. wrapping him up. I'm loath to do that. And uh, Michael Darren, 79, came back with another one and said, uh, why should the Tigers grant Benji a release? What was that quote? My loyalty can't be questioned. Well, you signed the contract. <laughs> agree, agree. And um, that's we'll probably leave that as the final word there. Let me tell you, we got an absolute shit ton of, uh, of tweets there. Yes. About Benji Marshall. Ken Edwards... <laughs> Got assholed by the Parramatta Eels. Well, uh, the Eels directors, led by their new chairman, Steve Sharp, who uh, <clears throat> just got up the other day, called Edwards into a meeting Tuesday afternoon, telling me services were no longer required. We had a different vision to the CEO, Sharp explained. Edwards finishes immediately, wrapping up his duties just after nine months at the helm. Uh, his position had come into question after two-star former, tra- former trainer Craig Catterick and media manager Michelle Cairn 
took legal action after being sacked from the club. Current sponsors have also cited difficulties in dealing with Edwards, who was appointed last October. He becomes the fourth Eel CEO to bite the dust in as many years following the demise of Dennis Fitzgerald, Paul Osborne and Bob Bentley. Suppose the media manager got sacked from the club. I've seen that position advertised. I've seen people who have uh, been talking about applying for that job. I've also seen those people uh, vastly fucking underqualified to be a media manager and had no fucking clue what's involved in the job. But I laugh at them. Probably. Interesting. Um, does it ever stop at Para? No. Nope. How long has this been going on? Forever. Um, Literally forever. They're a mess. People want to talk about Manly. At least we can fucking compartmentalise the team and, and keep performing on field, even if they're you know playing silly buggers off field. Yeah, you know, surely they could have put, <coughs> you know done what the West Tigers do and just put the board in two separate dressing rooms. Exactly. Keep playing. Exactly. Being a team of destiny, etc. It's just so. I mean, I've never seen a a, a team where there's well. You, a lot of teams you wouldn't even know. I mean, you've heard of like there's rumours of you know this, you know Balmain versus West stuff in the West Tigers. You hear about Manly stuff. Never hear anything you know sort of a uh, you know out doggy's way really. Um, Broncos you don't really hear you don't hear anything happening you know no. there. I mean yeah you know, maybe with, uh, with the changes of coaches a little while ago maybe but not really. Um, Dragons. I mean they've got a, a terrible the Broncos issue with bit. their former players. They're they're yeah. always happy to well, get that's in the, the issue media. For a lot of fucking, that's the issue for a lot of things. Yeah. Like all the rugby league's problem is former players that like yeah. unqualified for executive positions. But No, but I mean, you know, they come out in the media and yeah. like Talis is saying, Oh, oh Kevy Walters Someone needs to fucking chop that guy's head off. He's fucking dead set. Just got he's got he's gobbling off about any doesn't matter. Any topic. But anyway, the point is that you don't really hear much board stuff going on in any you know, in many clubs. No. Certainly, not even a quarter of them, I reckon. You'd probably, you hear about rumblings and stuff. The Eels, though, constantly... Every year. Constantly, there's this... There's some ticket that wants to take over the... You know, take over the board at the next elections. And it's some ticket with these guys, and it's got a name for their ticket as well, you know, like... And, um... Yet, the most important ticket, that being the one to give you attendance to a game, seemingly goes... Missing. Missing. Yep, exactly. Um, and then, you know, this sort of you know, instability is no reason, there's, or there's no there's, there's no surprise that Darcy Lussick has been playing 80 minutes the last couple of weeks and fucking, and excelling in his new position at lock because he's used to playing, he's, he's fucking sailing through, he's like, oh, I've seen boardroom shit at the club before, let's fucking push that aside and just, you know, playing yeah. the best footing of my career. Um, the other players, though, not so much, getting flogged. I just... It's a shambles. They're, they're coach after coach after coach. They, you know, they're struggling to really recruit high level talent there. Um, yeah, you can't even go eels in decline or anything because it's just like they they're there and they've been there for a while and there's just no. It's not that they decline. It's just that there's there's just no fucking glimmer of hope on the horizon. Even no, it's you know until Hoju runs in there with Joseph Smith. And- <laughs> Despite um, you know some very fucking lean times in some recent years, t- 2009 aside. Jeez, mm-hmm. um, a... Uh, you know, when they get it right, 2009, obviously, um, off the but remember, back of remember, but 2009 was... 2001. At this stage that we're talking now, 2009 was still a fucking disastrous season for them. And then they they managed... To, they'd already probably won a couple of games by this stage, mm. and then they proceeded to go through and win almost all of the rest of them on the way, on the way home. But, you know, and then... 2001, but even between those, you know, where they probably overachieved, really, yeah. 2001, they were best team in the comp by far and got done. Yeah, 24-0 at half time. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's it's you gotta wonder what it's like to be a para fan. Fucking yeah. dead. Yeah. Every year, like it's you terrible. know, they would have went into this season with you know Ricky Stewart at the helm, and thought you know. Well, Good we times th- ahead. Well, we thought it was comical. I mean, everyone else thought it was comical, so surely they couldn't have been that optimistic. He, he, ha- he has his critics, but, you know, his performance, I, I thought he, at origin level, I thought he, he earned his stripes and, and, and earned a reprieve and a recall into the NRL coaching ranks. And, you know, with that level of talent at his disposal, I guess he probably can inspire them, and that's probably, as an origin coach, that's... Um, that's basically your biggest task. Exactly. You've got a high-level um, talent, you know, a group of talent um, at your disposal, and you've, you've really just got to get them up for the occasion and inspire them to, um, you know, to achieve their best on the night. Whereas yep. at Para, you've got guys that have some serious skill set deficiencies <laughs> <laughs> as far as first-grade footballers go. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, he's probably... He's not really adept, Stuart, um, at at dragging, you know, players that making players better than they otherwise would have been. Yep, I think, and um, you know, and that sort of performance on the field, you know, it's a bit of a chicken or the egg. Does the performance on the field um, create the rumblings at board level, or does the the unsettled uh, board situation make for for players that are distracted and and can't focus on footy um, and and a coach chicken, that, chicken and the egg. Isn't it? Sorry? What comes first? Well, that's what I just said, Nathan. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, how do you... It's just repeating what I'm saying. It's a circular chicken and egg situation. It's just a chicken and egg situation. You're just copying me now. How sad for you. I'm just telling you. That's how it is. That's how it is. (laughs) I feel for para fans. And to be honest, I made a crack about their crowds earlier, but there's some teams that haven't had the the low times that para have had that... um, That are worse attendance. That have far worse attendance than para for example. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to say, um, you know, there's plenty of coins getting launched around the place, but Paris Stadium, average crowds go right. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't have any hate in my heart for Parramatta fans at all. ARL side. Oh, which fuck which yeah. Which automatically puts them in my in my uh, bottom most hated sides. <clears throat> Tigers are in there too, don't worry. Okay, next, the Gillaroos. thought we'd uh, highlight the... Uh, the women's rugby league side, the Australian Gillaroos, uh, they won the World Cup final. They defeated New Zealand in the uh, in the tournament decider, twenty two points to twelve, and um, I think it's a great uh, great effort. The Absolutely. Kiwi side was, yeah, you know, I didn't actually get to see the games because let's face it, this shit's not you know really publicised, televised or anything like that. Yeah, it but, is pretty poorly uh, marketed. Yep. And um and there was a great job for them um in the pools they actually lost the Kiwis fourteen six, so uh, it was good by the end um you know re- reportedly they were a much bigger and stronger side the uh the Kiwis and um the Australians getting done with skill and the Australians got done with skill beautiful to see um the Kiwis coach uh the Kiwi Ferns coach say the Australians played better as a team they had patience and composure and they deserved the win our set completion wasn't great and they kept wearing us down they chased us and they caught us our he- our heads are held high though. <laughs> Everyone gave us everything, both the players, including those that didn't play the game and the staff. It was a real gutsy effort. I'm very proud of them all. It's a night of accents. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I saw the heads there. I was like, yeah, I'll give it that. And I was like, I can't commit to this. I can't go any longer. See, that's you've got to make the call, Nathan. You've got to go in. 
I know. And the uh, Australian Wolves captain, Karen Aubrey. Murphy, uh, has uh, announced her retirement from international duty. So it was uh, a great felt, a great farewell for her. And uh, on on what that a way to cup, go out. Remember, we get we get we got slated uh, by someone on on Twitter saying, "Oh, yeah, talking about the World Cup." Of World Cups, you know, like yeah. all the World Cups happening, we're like, what the fuck, you know. Well, as it turns out, um, we also won the students and uh, the police and armed forces World Cups as well. But uh, in the final for the wheelchair World Cup, it was France who uh, defeated England. So Fucking we almost serious France. Yeah, so we almost we almost uh, cleaned them all up though. Well, the fr- French. Yep. Yep. What the fuck are we doing in the wheel? What what's going on in the wheelies? Oh, you know, pick up your game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Uh, you know, some of the games and how they went. Look, if it's anything like that murder ball, you know, yeah, exactly. rugby union. I mean, like, that shit's insane. Fucking French started a revolution, took people out. That's probably what happened. What are you hating on the French for? Sorry, what are you hating on the French for? They're stinky and French. <laughs> what are they stinky. They don't wash. <laughs> That's the English. Sorry. That's the English. No. That's French? the English. Yes, it's English, but it's also French. <laughs> It's a connotation towards French people also that they aren't up on their personal hygiene. Look, look, as, as too much as, romancing. As someone who's travelled, too much romancing, not enough washing. As someone, as someone who's travelled to both places, I can tell you, tell you the, the English are the stinky ones. As as we hear the instant sound of fucking listeners over in the UK disconnecting. <laughs> <laughs> no good, uh, good on the Aussie girls for uh, flying the flag. I, I really wish it was. Uh, Better promoted and and you know obviously yeah I wish all of them were because let's face it I mean we we you know keep pretty much on top of what's going on in in rugby league and just on a mainstream level there's just you know if they hadn't won there might not have been any coverage exactly so you know, it's pretty ridiculous um, some great news for Origin fans next. And I'll read it as the article has it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Phil Gould's iconic final word minutes before kickoff will return for the decider. Having ditched the emotional on-field address for the first two matches of the series, Channel 9 said on Monday that Gould's popular pre-match oratory would be reintroduced for Wednesday night's clash between New South Wales and Queensland at ANZ Stadium. He's back by popular demand, Nine's executive producer of Rugby League, Matt Callender, said. We've received hundreds of calls about it since the start of the series, with everyone wanting Gus to make a comeback, almost as many people asking if New South Wales can win. His comments just before kickoff have become an iconic part of Origin and its folklore. Um... He's been doing it for the past seven years. Didn't feel like it was that. He's been doing it for that long, but there you go. For uh, seven years, this year nine decided they needed a, uh, a different direction. Decided uh, they needed to do something different, so they got rid of them. But um, and he also declared after Game Three in Brisbane last year it would be his final wor- final word. But uh, he's coming back, at least for one more time. I've often like Phil Good has his detractors. He does, and he, and he does polarize people. Yeah, I just wonder but, if a lot of people though. It's just like he's he's a New South Wales coach or was a New South Wales coach. So therefore, a lot of that. he's 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 a cunt for life, and, and anything he says, no matter how valid it is about Why? the game, I don't enjoy some of his interaction with Rabs. I have to say, I hate some the fucking commentary bullshit. side of things. I will, you know, but those addresses before yeah. games, and, and oh, if he gave me one of them, I'd be like fucking just glaze over. Yes, Gus, you could go. You go, you, you go there, and run I'd through brick walls. Go to war for him. Huh? Yeah, you'd run through brick walls. Fucking oath. Yeah, and I'd, you know what? You'd fucking go through them. You wouldn't have splat. No, I'm a fucking unit, regardless of what Gus says. <laughs> but that guy can inspire. He's, yeah. He has a way of delivering an address that, that you just don't get in everyone. 
Exactly. You know, he's like a rugby league Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all the, the state allegiances aside, I, fuck, I think it's great. Like, the, even before the grand final, I, I remember like, before last season's um, grand final, he, um, he delivered an address, and I was like, I'm ready to just go out and kill people because Gus said so. This is magnificent. Look, I can't remember all, all of the 20-odd that he's done, but I'm pretty sure he never said to kill anyone in any of them. Maybe, perhaps, you're reading them wrong. Look, maybe I've got a little leprechaun on my shoulder named Gus that is telling me to kill people. Burn them all, Ralphie, burn them all. With orange hair that went silver and then back to orange hair. <laughs> Yellow and uh, every colour of the rainbow and now back to grey. Um, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm not going to say it's the best bit of the games because, you know, this fucking Origin's awesome. But, I mean, you know, I think they're a fantastic part of it and they definitely uh, elevate the whole thing, you know, to an even higher level than it already is. Exactly. Recaps, short round this week, kicked off with Friday Night Football, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 19, defeated the Brisbane Broncos 18 at Suncorp Stadium, crowd of just over 25,500 people, the Sharkies, their points came through tries to Michael Gordon, Jason Bakuya and Josiah Fecky, Todd Carney. Got a field goal, plus he was perfect, three from three conversions. Broncos 18 came from tries to Josh Hoffman, Corey Oates, Jordan Kahu, and Prince, also perfect, three from three. Yeah, interesting this game. Obviously, the Sharks were out with or without uh, Paul Gallen and Luke Lewis for Origin Duty. Origin Duty, yep. Michael Gordon was named and actually played, which was a shocker. Fucking miracle. Um and then Wade Graham went down with a, an arm injury, I think it was. Yeah, and he was and he was killing it too before he went off. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, he's gotten big. Yeah. Wade Graham. Yeah. He Nothing is sus. massive. He's got a lot of pep in his stride. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of pep. He's like a tide coming out of the team. He's like a, it's like a tsunami, a tide or wave of pep, <laughs> if, if you, you will. will. <laughs> but without those, you know, even... You know, having to play with, with 16 men for the majority of the game, I think Todd Carney really stood up and, and showed his value to the Sharks in the absence of those other guys. Um, I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, following oh, on from his game, game against yeah. the Tigers the previous week. And um, his kicking game was great. He ran the ball. His passing game was really good. Obviously, he kicked all his goals. Um, just a really mature performance from a guy that, you know, he's obviously um, getting to a point in his career where he's... he's he is a leader, certainly by way of his talent, but also his experience level these days. And, um, you know, the sh- he sort of took some of those lesser lights in the Sharky side along with him, and, and they looked fairly impressive for large parts of that game. Yeah, I mean, like the first half, I mean, the Sharks did have opportunities, but uh, it was a shit game. I think it was went into the break nil all, didn't it? It's one of those yeah. origin period games where, um, you know, it's, it's not the highest quality yeah. game, um, and you can see, you know, Guys like Carney, um, I thought Alex Glenn as well was pretty good for the Broncos. Yep. Um, you know, you can see those classy guys really standing out, but um, their general level of, of play without the Origin guys is it generally great, yeah. gets taken back a few notches. Um, there were some positive signs for the Broncos, um, 
even aside from their late comeback to, to make a real game of it. Um, and I must admit, at fucking, what was it? 18... Six or well, it was actually nineteen six because he did get the field goal too. It was nineteen six. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Came to nineteen six, and I was like, "Yeah, my thirteen plus money. How yeah. easy is this? This is easy money." Yeah, loaded up on the Sharkies, thirteen plus. Yeah, fucking Sharkies. Though, this is great. And then all of a sudden, I only got me win. I only mm. like, put money on them to win, and also thirteen plus. Um, you know, Broncos came home with a couple of late tries. Um, and apart from that, we were, as I started to say, there were some positive signs um, with a couple of young guys. Jordan Carr, who's starting to, um, you know, with he's actually played a few games in first grade this season. He's obviously starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. I thought he was pretty good in that second half. Um, not so much defensively, but yep. I think he, um, certainly in attack, he, he posed some problems um, to the Sharkies' outside backs and, and young Oates as well, um, you know, I, th- I think he had a pretty good debut, but all in all, the Broncos' lack of creativity in the halves, um, you know, cost them the game. I well, think. what and what also cost them the game was their lack of defence in the halves. Well, because Carney's two Carney's tries were basically straight through those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, yeah, one thing was one each. Um, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel for a long time until they um, do something serious about rectifying it. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of talk about the heart of the Broncos coming back. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of heart. But I mean, there's, you know, there's without a doubt, Cronulla kind of switched off once they had clearly a match-winning lead with only a couple of minutes left in the game. Sure, but, you know, we've often spoke about the, the Broncos culture and I think that is going to make them competitive, you know, possibly forever. You know, they're, they're going to have a certain level of competitiveness and, and you know, they, they attract a certain type of... and blood a certain type of player um, that, you know, goes out there and, you know gives a you know x amount of effort for for that jersey and that's that's a fairly high level um as a general standard of play but in the nrl when it's such a close competition you need guys that are going to be game breakers and they don't have any yep. in their team and their, their best players are, are back rowers and um and people know, with you know suspect and hamstrings wingers. that only play once every so often yeah exactly and justin hodges um very, you know, great player can be untouchable at times. Um, is he going to create and, and control every every set of six? Yeah, not special. You know, you can only pull so many dummy half runs off yep. before yep. people start cottoning on. So, um, I don't know if Barber even fixes it. An interesting conversation with a mate of mine who's a Bulldogs fan. He said he'd be pretty sorry to see Barber leave, but part of Barber's emergences come certainly last season has come off the back of of the Bulldogs forward pack and yep. and, and the plays that Des has them running um, the Broncos can't replicate that because their forwards aren't even remotely yep. as physical as, as the dogs yep so how's Barber going to go not working off the back of that yeah, yeah, the, thing is the Broncos have been real quiet in the, in the recruitment side of things too and it's just the players just aren't available at this and stage it is, now too you know they, for a long time they were a club that players wanted to go to yep and and you know they would probably accept less money um to stay or or in some cases be recruited by the broncos for less money than what they could get elsewhere because it was the broncos yep um i think slowly but surely we're seeing a bit of an erosion of that aura that the broncos have built up over all those years off the back of bennett and, and all those great players that played with the club and the premierships and the success and it really can be traced back to the departure of bennett 
I mean, the decline didn't start immediately, but it has been gradual ever since. There was a year hangover, um, yep. and then and then once Lockie was gone, and and that was yeah, the last the, the, Lockie the last was link. The, the last draw for them, I think. Yeah. Um, and you just can't, you know, you know, they were fairly spoiled. You know, the quality of yep. player that they've had at that club over a number of years. Um, you know, you can see. A lot of fans are, are disappointed, and they they long for those halcyon sort of days. But this is what it, this is what it's about. It, it comes in cycles. You don't just have a Wally Lewis that gets replaced by an Alan Langer that gets replaced by Kevin Rolders, and and in turn Darren Lockyer comes along, and and alongside them you've got a Renoff, a Sailor, a Takiri, um, you know. Ran propelled, off. propelled by your webkey you know, and Petro. Yeah, and then they're, they're working and, off the yeah, back of webkey yeah. and Petro and, and you know, Glenn Lazarus, uh, yeah, all these fucking guys it, I had through there. Yeah, it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And um, you know, they were spoiled for a lot of years. And and as I said, that they've left a, a great legacy and a great culture behind, and that'll hold the Broncos in good stead. Uh, but at the moment, they're a fairly mediocre side yep. on the field. Yep. Um, you know, they're a great club and they've had a lot of success, um, but. They're, they're a mediocre side at this, at this stage of the season. Um, and there's really no huge ray of light in their immediate future that I can see. No. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong there. But um, I will give the Broncos credit for sticking by Griffin. Um, and I think they should be commended for it. When you look at the situations... Um, like at Parramatta yep. and, and uh, the Roosters are also yep. notorious for punting a coach. Um for you know, for squads that have achieved not not a million miles away from what the Broncos are at the moment, so they've come out um, and supported him, and I hope their fans are patient enough. Given that they've had a lot, excuse me, a lot of success, that can probably um, go two ways. I think they can have them, you know, wanting more and more success and and not accepting um, their type of season they're having this year. But you know, if they're patient enough. Um, you know, a little bit stronger recruitment, I think they'll turn it around and, you know, but it's sad to see, you know, fans leaving with the amount of time left in the game yeah. that, you know, there was a bit of an exodus here and then they, they missed the fight back. Yep. <laughs> so exactly. Shit fans. Yeah. You know, the moral of the story is fucking stay to the end. Jesus. Yeah. You never know. You never know what you're going to catch. And Sharkies though, I'm not convinced about the Sharkies yet. I mean, immediately they were, you know, down, down. Uh, you know, certainly two of their better players, mm. including their inspirational leader, who I think they're going to have for next month anyway. Um, like, how was he ever a chance to play Origin? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's going to be out for another month. But um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced about him yet. I mean, I still think they got issues in attack. I mean, this one was, you know, off the back. Well, this win was 100 percent off the back of you know, Carney slicing. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're Broncos halves, and um, and, and <clears throat> it was only a half a footy. In, in was, less than eight, I think it was. I think the Broncos scored their try around the the fifty sixth minute. I think. Yeah. Um, the Sharks responded immediately within the next couple of minutes after that, and then it was on. So this whole game was played in the final twenty four minutes of the of the actual time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, before then it was a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a vuvuzela, um, and in fact, <laughs> the first tweet we've got <laughs> from Erebus Chaos. What a clusterfuck of a game. This is possibly worst game of the season. Ashford Vizella obviously sent pride to the finish. Uh, Benny27. I've heard of trying to buy a premiership, but seriously, are the Sharks trying to buy a spoon? Ash Tigers in decline. Ash Cronulla Tigers. And as this game was obviously the, the Blake Ashford stuff was yep. kind of coming out. Um, CA Photo 10. So didn't Brisbane see the Sharks game from last week? Surely you kicked the mills every time. Ash hands like symbols. He's 
That's actually pretty funny. I keep telling him he should give up this photography thing and start writing jokes because he's actually he's way funnier than he than he uh, takes photos. I can tell you. Uh, ben Dunn, forty three. Fuck me! All these Gronko players must be refs in training. Won't fucking stop bitching to the refs. There is a bit of that. Mm. Uh, Hatch H A seven C H. Corey Norman is all capitals. Shit, he's going to fit in perfectly at Parramatta. Yes. The Poon Slayer, Jay Stib. So that's it, Hook. Give me a fucking jersey. Follow me, boys. I score four tries every week in D-grade touch. I'll show you how the fuckers to do it. <laughs> I'll show you fuckers how to do it too. <laughs> he's got a lot of numbers in there as well. He's written it like he's Prince or something. Um, Life of Ty. <laughs> Sent this to the Brisbane Broncos and us. So Wallace has less balls than a normal player. Stay down, Wallace. Milking penalties. Must be because he lost that nut. To be fair, I don't think he lost that nut. I think he, he might have ruptured To be fair, he played... A football game with a Russian ruptured testicle. Yeah. Peter Wallace can play first grade for as long as, as long as he wants. Chapo the creator. Fuck Wallace and Prince are as soft as baby shit. Ash, real talk. Please refer to my earlier statement. Yeah, yeah. Come here and I'll rupture your testicle and see how you go. Erebus Chaos again said, uh, he sent this to us and you. He said, I think I know how you feel, Glenn. Can't stop watching a train wreck with optimism thinking we can win the comp. That's You're just the same. That's not even close to how I feel. Or what I know, <laughs> but it's what you are. Well, you 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 you're in denial. You don't realise it, but he just described exactly that. <laughs> uh, Luke Shark seventy four two tries and Carney is schooled both Broncos halves hash rally towel fuckers. And uh, how are the rally towels? Are they they still breaking those out or what? They don't put it up on the big screen as much. They do. They do still run with it though. Oh, I think some people still do, have. Do you see many on. people? I mean, nah. when they put the thing up to to wave them, do they? Do, do as many people get there? You don't get up? the. I think they've got the message because you don't get the thing on the big screen saying wave it. Oh, they don't do that at all anymore. Wow. Okay. There you go. Well, if they do, I don't, I don't notice as much. I got to tell you. Failed experiment. Eddie NZ. Our forwards have put in a massive effort, only to be let down out by our piss poor halves. Not good enough. Brisbane Broncos. That was to their account. Cruzy 06, another loss, but proud of the effort, plus Corey Oates proving future is on the up. You wouldn't want to be the Brisbane Broncos, did you, would you? Oh, they cop it. And they, gee, they, they fucking cop it from like their own a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Dragons cop it a little bit too. Parramatta, obviously, you know, their targets. Oh. But oh, even South, South, even last year. Yeah. Like South go hard. It's crazy. On a blood buzz. He's a hash armchair, armchair psychologist. <laughs> Tigers players are so used to being in decline, they're subconsciously attracted to 46 years and one fuck all. <laughs> uh, it is getting interesting, let's say that, the amount of Tigers players that are, just seem to wind up at the Sharks. Well, I mean, you take your, you take your you know, Penrith players and, and Tigers players and you're well over half of the, half of the starting squad, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, Tigers players alone. I mean, what we're we running... But even, like, Dean Collis isn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, so we've got, we've got... Stuart Flanagan's not there anymore. Yeah. He's, so there's another two. Yeah, but let's let's go with... um, We'll, we'll go there with uh, with Morris. We've got... Yeah, you know, Morris has to count. Yeah, you know, that was a while ago. DeGoyce. Then, we, then we've got Ashford coming in. We've got um, Bo's there. Hino's there. Fafita's there. That's six. And then for Penrith, you've got... Penrith, you got... Gordon, Lewis. Graham. Graham. There's got to be more. Well, there's nine out of seventeen. That's nine out of seventeen. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and that's that's without even thinking too deeply about it too. Crazy. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan five. All I took from tonight's game is 
Cronulla with the LOL in there. How do you pronounce that? Cronulla is already starting to play like the team they've bought. Hashtags in decline. Uh, yeah, no, nah, mate. They still won, motherfucker. <laughs> his, his brother's a Cronulla fan, and that's where you got to look to the root of that. Yeah, no, nah, maybe. He said, uh, watching Broncos fans lose their shit on my timeline is a favourite pastime of mine. Mm. They do go hard on Twitter. Almost harder than any any side, I think, you know, at a loss. And that's... As far as, like, eating, as feeding off each other. That's a... <clears throat> it's a byproduct of having so much success. They don't know how to handle... That, the they don't know a, a lean season. They don't know a following a wooden spoon-ish yeah. team. Motherfuckers don't know how to act. <laughs> they're, just, they're just losing their mind. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy underscore Jack zero one Carney again making a mockery of Pierce's selection in New South Wales squad. He could be the first person to be a two-time revelation of the NRL winner. I put that tweet in there because I just like to say you're fucking dreaming. No way in the world Carney would have to absolutely destroy every team from this point on to the end of the year in a grand final win. He'd have to, to Jared Hayne all the way. Yeah, to get to get himself in that revelation spot. I mean, at this stage, I feel that. Very few people putting their fucking hands up for the revelations of the season, to be perfectly honest. There's players with ups there's and no, downs. There's no Ben Barber this year. Yeah, so yeah. So far. And I mean, Reynolds, you know, would have finished in the... He was he would have been one of the contenders last year. Uh, this year, I mean, I'm, I assume he'd be a contender again. But, um, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't been like this, uh, you know, like stand... You know, absolutely stand out like Barber was, you know, last year. So, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no one that is, is putting their hand up quite like that. Yeah. Uh, JR underscore Buff. Listen to the Broncos versus Sharks on the radio tonight. Just as good listening to them get beat as it is watching them get beat. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wars, we have to give him his, uh, his due. Awesome game. No stars equals no skills. Tourette's football and wasn't it entertaining. Chin up, boys. Great effort. Hash Broncos hard. He's so fucking positive about his fucking shit football sites. So incredible. <laughs> and DJ X Plane. I really wish the Brisbane Broncos won on full time just so all the other members who left early would realise how shit fans they are. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I mean, I hate wishing for Broncos wins, but I agree. Okay, next, the Saturday game was the Penrith Panthers 17. They defeated Parramatta Eels 10 at Parramatta Stadium in front of a crowd of just under, well, just under 9,500. After we gave them a bit of a fucking rap for their crowds, they, they do this. <laughs> Penrith Panthers, their points came from a double to David Simmons. Kevin Kingston got one. Luke Walsh, two or three conversions and a field goal. The Eels, Braden William and Luke Kelly tries. Jake Mulaney, one goal from two attempts. We've just spoken about Brisbane's issues in the halves. Look at the way Luke Walsh is going. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be horrible. He's got no contract for next year. Yep. Wouldn't be horrible at Brisbane, surely. Yep. Would he be, I mean, with the what's rats. the over on unders on him being better or worse than Scott Prince? Yeah. Or, or Wallace, for that matter. swap him with the Ranger. Wallace, fuck that. Send the Ranger home. Wallace. And play with the cat in the hat. I just said he should play first grade for as long as he wants. Rupture, yeah. testicle, etc. Yeah, he can play in the halves with fucking cat in the hat. No, how dare he? No. Down at Penrith. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> he should be. He deserves to stay at Brisbane. <laughs> I mentioned he ruptured a testicle, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, but, you know... Toughness. When's the last time someone ruptured a testicle and won a premiership? It's not like he traded it with the devil oh, and said, look, wow, here we go, take, for, uh, take, this, take this testicle and I'll give myself a premiership. Yeah, yeah, the last the you last. come up with Presdy facts and Cogger facts. How about ruptured nut stats? And did they win the Clive Churchill for their for playing with one ball blown apart? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's Interesting. A, that's going to take some research right there. Yeah, I think it will. Um, 
Yeah, I think if, you know, obviously the Broncos are looking for halves. Mm-hmm. I think the Prince experiment is uh, is not going the way they might have expected. Um, Luke Walsh putting kicks up for Ben Barber. Mm-hmm. Or kicks through for Ben Barber next season. Yeah. I'd watch that. Um, Kevy Kingston's try summed up Stewart's lack of influence at the Eels. I think, um, you know... Over the course of time, Ricky Stewart's sides are normally renowned for a bit of defensive steel and structure, <laughs> if not for their attacking prowess. Yep. And when Kevin Kingston steps eight players and palms off another five <laughs> um, to score a pretty impressive solo try, you know that your team's not dialed into your fucking philosophy. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, telling twelve of the players that they're not welcome next year is you know, probably a large portion towards uh, you know that kind of commitment. I suspect so. You look at the way Penrith are playing at the moment. Um, seem to be a pretty happy unit. They seem to be uh, have bought into Cleary's and, and Gould's uh, plan for the place. And I'm a bit concerned that all this harmony and whooping and hollering and high-fiving and patting each other on the back is, is going to be undone, undone rather by the arrival of the rock star. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, a very, yeah, it's a very good point. He comes in. He's never happy, that guy. Sorry? He's never that happy. He's, he's not happy, happy unless he's unhappy. Exactly. Jamie Soward. Exactly. And, you know, what happens if he comes out to Penrith, scores a try, pulls out the guns? People think, you know, it's Penrith. Yeah. At the end of the day, people see a gun they, in they Penrith. Pull out their guns. They pull out their guns. That's right. I mean, it's no could be potentially catastrophic. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, problem with Panthers, they're going well at the moment, but the problem is they're running out of troops and there's even more injuries as well. So yeah, they, yeah exactly. they had another you know, season end injury and there's guys there that are going to be out for another four weeks and they're just going to run out of healthy bodies. I think they're playing, um, you know, this wasn't the, the greatest spectacle of rugby league, but um, I think they're playing with a fair bit of spirit within the place and, yep. and you know, the players are certainly um, backing one another and, you know, they're a long way from where they were when they got done by 60. Yeah. Not all that long ago, so. Um, Penrith Duns. I just think they're done a team by sixty. Sorry. When did Penrith get done by sixty? The well, Warriors. They did the Warriors by sixty. That was the start. Oh, of so the Warriors were sorry. Yeah, yeah they Fuck. they did the Warriors by sixty. That's or, right. Yeah, sixty-two to six or whatever it was. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, my point stands. Penrith playing with <laughs> a lot of heart. <laughs> Even though they didn't need to in that game where they won by 60 yeah. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> um, more so, M-A-W-S-O. Who has possessed Ben Roberts playing something of a half-decent game? <laughs> that, that kind of turned around, though, by the end. In a uh, game they lost. <laughs> yeah. Mike underscore existence. Someone tell Para that last that last place doesn't get draft picks. Hash wrong sport. <laughs> Hash didn't want to win. Hash, please play like this next week. He says as a Canberra fan. Uh, Mickey T, 1985. Needed to win that, and we did. It was scrappy and ugly, but teams need to win those types of games to make the semis. <laughs> make the semis. <laughs> you, you laugh, but that's fucking the stock and trade of fucking West Tigers over the last couple of years. Winning winning scrappy games against teams that are shit that they deserve to lose, but somehow jag the win. I sit here next to you every Tuesday night and record this show, and you want to take the side of a guy with a fucking perm. Right. <laughs> I seen. I ah, seen, just so we're clear. Your sister put school photos up of you on Facebook, and you had a fucking perm when you were, in, you know, ten years old as well. No, it wasn't a perm. It was natural, like that was it? 
I'm not, what are you talking about? <laughs> you look like a fucking cabbage patch kid. I had half a mullet in year seven, and I had a fucking bowl cut from um, when I was a little kid. I got dressed up in dresses to go with my bowl cut. And I, oh, fucking, I've got some confessions. Um, I had a reverse mullet with like a big skater fringe, and the rest was short back and sides. Um, later on, I had parted it a little bit and had you know the big fringe going on, and people called me Moldsy because look, like my hair was made in a mold and stuck on my head. And apart from that, they called me Ray Martin. Oh, <laughs> you're taking this somewhere you didn't need to do it, man. You're just incriminating yourself. I'm all just over letting place. you know, I never had fucking curls. All right. Shunter 86. Penrith won when they were favourites with the bookies for the first time in ages. Sure, it was para, but it's a good result. CA Photo 10. Looking forward to hearing Ricky blame refs, crowds, K-Rod, North Korea, God, and Karma after that. Hash grab him in mirror. Hash plays Roberts. <laughs> Magpie View. Para had effort but lacked planning, composure, and finishing ability. They are honestly second rate and not NRL standard. And uh, CA Photo again said uh, from Ricky, a quote, I'd rather a loss like that than fluke a win. And that, ladies and gents, is why he's the game's greatest thinker. Hash goose. Mm. And Mr. Bowles came in uh, just earlier today and said, oh, I forgot to even bother tweeting about how good it was to beat the Para Eels this week. Not even a challenge anymore. So, yeah, motherfucker, you won by seven points and there was a time there where you looked pretty fucking ordinary. You know, I don't know <clears> if I've mentioned, but this Mr. Bowles, mm-hmm. he's not one of these blokes that has one of those funny mirrors where he looks into it and hey, sees man. James Bond. I don't know. He looks into it and fucking the dum 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 dum. It's really not something that he is, but he's looking into it and he says, "I'm I'm a bit of all right. I'm shit hot." Okay, I'm just I've got it going on. Where you go? Okay, where you going with it? I'm just saying, in actual fact, the guy's a fuckhead. But he tweets and and says things and has a certain air of confidence about him that shouldn't really be there because, again, he's a fuckhead. I'm speechless. Thinks he's James at, Bond. At the relentless way that you're assaulting our listeners. Well, not all of them. And you wonder why... You Only want, the fuckheads, and you wonder, <laughs> to be quite honest. And you, and, and you wonder why they all, they're, they're, they're flocking to the Tigers in the clown yeah. show. It's probably a protest against I your just general, um, general abuse, if anything. I'm, I'm not piecing those two things together, Nathan. I don't understand your point. Okay, Sunday, uh, Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs, 39, defeated the Melbourne Storm, nil. Crowd of just over 16,000 there. And the Dogs, well, the Storm... Nothing. The doggies, 39 points came from tries to Hattrick to Parrot, double to Mitch Brown. Uh, Tim LaFay got one, T Rex got one, Ben Barber got one, Hodkinson grabbed a field goal, and only three from eight conversions. Oh. How much uglier could it have been? Well, another 10 points, Nathan. Another 10 points uglier. <laughs> Indeed. 50 nil. 50, we have 49. So. What to say about this game? Of course, the Melbourne Storm, there's, there's two schools of thought for this game. The Melbourne Storm, massively depleted by origin. Yes, that is true, but I've seen excellent points raised uh, to counter that, saying Bellamy knew what he was doing when he spent all that money on fucking nine, you know, seven and one. Mm. You knew this is what, you know, when you buy the representative players or you, you know, hit the rep level, you know that you're going to lose them. I mean, the injury of, of Widop has probably, you know, fucked them a little bit because it's taken a little bit of cover away. Yeah, but every team has to deal with yeah. with injury. Um, the, the fact remains, there were still some pretty decent players in that side. Mm-hmm. And they're still... Everyone wants to talk about the Storm, including me, wants to talk about the Storm's structure and, mm-hmm. and defensive ability. They're fucking carved up. 
Yep, absolutely. Up and in, they just got drilled. Mitch Brown's making fucking 60-metre bursts. Yeah. And on the other wing, Sam Perrett is managing to actually hold onto the ball and score three tries uh, against, you know, a renowned defensive powerhouse in Melbourne. And that's the thing. You take you'll take Cam Smith and Cronk and, and Slater out of the side, then that's fine. You know, I'll expect less points mm. scored. But there's no excuse, no matter who's out, for 39 against. That's ridiculous. Exactly. And... Yeah, and should I'd have been forty nine. I mean, like you know, yeah. a lot of fucking I'd tries. Still by expect it. them to uh, to put some sort of points on the board, but yeah, um, I guess it probably says that you know Melbourne weren't that flash, but the dogs were were pretty impressive, and uh, I think it probably comes down to the game plan implemented by Desi to um, you know to really attack that up and in defence early on, and and by the time the storm adjusted um, and tried to slide, then and then Canterbury to their credit. Adjusted that too, and and continued to carve them up all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Reynolds, I'm going to take the uh, the incident where he should have been sin binned out of it and say fuck. He had a fucking great game. Yeah, dropping him out of the Origin side was the worst thing that could happen to the Storm. Yeah, I can see why they went the way they did for for Origin. Um, I think Reynolds is a five eight, not a utility, yeah. and I think if he doesn't play. Um, five eight for New South Wales. He's probably better off not in the side. Yep. I don't think he's a great hooker. Um, yep. I don't think his delivery is good enough. Um, and that's no slur on the bloke. He's just he's played five eight most of his career, or yeah. if not all his career, or played in the halves. I don't think he's he's played a lot of hooker. Certainly not at this level. Yep. Um, he just might be one of those players that's too too good not to be sort of picked or considered for Origin, but not good enough to cement a spot. Yep. If, if that makes sense, yep. um, and not trying, you know, because no he's not going to be, he's not going to be the best five eighth in the state ever. No, exactly yeah, right. Ever, yeah. But there is that competitiveness and, and you know a bit of a niggle in his game that probably does, and that's what suit him to, yeah. to origin. And that's what tricked him, and that, that that was what deceived the selectors into putting him into the squad sure. when they probably should have used that spot elsewhere. Um, just in regards to you know, it was twelve nil, um, Melbourne. Made a break, kicked a toe ball through. It was a foot race. Um, honestly, can't remember who the Melbourne player was, but um, Reynolds got to the ball first and towed it through further and then realised he wasn't going to win the race. So grabbed the guy by the back of the scruff of the neck and dragged him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less than 10 metres from his line. The most obvious about, fucking, yeah. obvious, obvious thing ever. Infringement, obvious infringement of all time. And this is the sort of thing, and, and it's 10 in a bin every day of the week. And he stayed on the field, gave away a penalty. Yep. Yeah. Saved the try, no if penalty he, against if himself. If the guy had to pick yeah. the ball up and he tackled him a couple of metres from the line and held him down, I guarantee you he would have been given 10 in the bin. Yep. Yep. How is it different? It's not. It's not. In fact, what he did was worse. <laughs> was more blatant. Yeah, yeah. And these are the sorts of things that frustrate fans the most. You know, you could probably live with the fifty-fifty calls. Yeah. If they get these clear-cut things right, but yet they continue to get it so fucking wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. just terrible. Um, Absolutely inexcusable. That one. One of the worst yeah. decisions ever. And, and that's why it's so frustrating. If you only had to deal with the the contentious fifty-fifty calls. And and they got these blatantly obvious ones right. You wouldn't. I 
I don't think that there'd be as much um, frustration with referees as there is at the moment. It's you just, know what? I think people can deal with like you know a little hand in there that you know maybe like a knock on you know didn't go your way because sure. you know it all happened so fast and there's a ton of hands in there and it ricocheted one way and you know blah blah blah. Only people can live with that because those things tend to go both ways over you know over exactly. the course of a game. But these fucking blatant things, basically everything that Josh Reynolds ever finds himself involved in. Jesus, a bit harsh. Oh God, like scoring tries, like you know, like like jumping and, and spearing himself, <laughs> like fucking taking dudes out without the ball when they're you know in a two-man race for the ball. Sure, <sighs> just frustrates me. Grub, one of the worst. Do you have I don't know where this leaves the dogs. Um, you know whether they're a lock for the eight or or you know might climb further further up the ladder. But um, you know I don't know that it was a great indication given Melbourne weren't. I mean, yeah, they were a long way off their best and mm-hmm. were fairly down on trips. But um, I was impressed with their, the way they were coached for this game. I think I think that's probably the biggest testament I can give. Yep. Okay, Super Grover 4, a Melbourne fan. Fuck off, Penis, you whinging bitch eater bag of dicks like the gimp you are. He was unhappy with Michael Ennis. <laughs> I suspect he's a big fan of Ennis. Chapo, the creator. Who's a Canterbury fan? It's very important. This game is like watching the grand final of a retard rugby league competition. Hash real talk, hash no winners, just losers. Tall Hayden. If they remade Jurassic Park with Tony Williams as the T-Rex, my money would be on the chained up goat. Jesus. Uh, Tall Hayden again. Official crowd, 16K. Looks like 10K. I can only assume Captain Murder has 6,000 bodies in the boot of his car. And they want to make a big deal about the shoulder charge rule Uh. and how it's, you know, there was a blatant shoulder charge from Tony Williams that went completely under... Every not a week goes by when we're not talking about a blatant shoulder charge by insert player's name that should have been this and you know didn't get anything. GT three fifty one underscore John. Oh, the doggies won. He's back. Great to see us be entertaining and play with confidence. Tim Lafay was great and Josh Reynolds was good. Much needed win. Cruzy zero six. Can someone remind the dogs they're playing their full strength side against the Storm second string side? That's probably fair too. Benny27, seriously, how much of an easy run do the Bulldogs get from the referees? Seriously, you cheating, lying cunts at the NRL Bulldogs account. <laughs> wow. And he followed that up again and said, Reynolds wouldn't be out of place in a number one jersey for Queensland. He's a fucking grub. Hash, accidental elbow. <laughs> Shunter86, wow, what a pumping that was. Surely nobody's flogged Melbourne by more than 39 nil. If only someone could clear things up. <laughs> That is my favourite tweet. And let me tell you, Shana, that, that's true. 39 nil is, is a very good... It's a very good win. It's doggies, a very good win. But it's not 40 nil, and it was an origin-affected game, not a grand final or, you know, something important like that. So just uh, let's fucking settle the fuck down a little bit, hey? Did, did somebody beat Melbourne 40 nil in a grand final? Yeah, yeah. In the centenary of our great game, is no that, less. Who, who did that? I'll give you a clue. Okay. The they begin with the mighty... <laughs> It ends with Manly and rhymes with Manly Seagulls. <laughs> nah, you got me. This is another referential retard moment. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Tigers, I mean, they can barely scrape past the grand final against the Cowboys of all fucking teams. Dominated from At, start to finish. Up, 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 Cronulla. To, uh, Reynolds. Is that someone's Twitter handle? Up, 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 Cronulla. Yeah, at, up, 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 Cronulla. Three oh, ups. And yourself. Which, is, which I, assume, <laughs> I assume up, up, Cronulla's taken. <laughs> Reynolds should have walked. <laughs> He's like, hash at Stuart Broad School of Ethics. <laughs> <laughs> He's going hash as obvious as a foreign knock-on. I'm not sure what that means. 
Um, they wouldn't be a cowboy fan in there, would they? No, so? he was up, up, up Cronulla. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, means he's a cowboy fan. <laughs> up, 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 Cronulla with I'm something. To think, I'm trying to see. What, I sharp. I, I've got no idea what Foran did to what Foran did to the, did to the Sharks. I mean, he probably engineered several massive defeats for them. But other than that, I can't. Uh, blue underscore Beaver. The Storm don't always lose to shit. But What's when that? It, Blue underscore beaver. Is that like a blue waffle? Possibly. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to ask. <laughs> the Storm don't always lose to shit, but when they do, they get next level butt slammed over a barrel. Hatch purple cheats in decline. And we got uh, at NZ Warrior Forum. So, uh, Mr. Bellamy, second call for the State of Origin weekends. A true coach will find a way through State of Origin period rather than having a period. Hatch purple <laughs> cheats. <laughs> And finally, Manly Night Football, as it has been this year. The mighty Manly Seagulls defeated the Cowboys 34 points to 14 up there at the 1,300 smiles and a crowd of just over, a fraction over 9,000. Manly's points came to, uh, we had tries from Ballon, Jamie <laughs> What about Wine. you in your fucking repugnant Seagulls live account? What I do now? What I do now? What, 300 teeth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Ballon, Jamie Lyon, David Williams, Jorge Tafua, Justin Horro, and Steve Matai tries. Jamie Lyon scored five from six in the conversions, defeating the Cowboys tries to Bowen and Morgan. Ethan Lowe, two from two uh, conversions, and he grabbed himself a penalty goal as well. Yeah, Manly continue their recent trend of playing understrength teams at the right time um, to pad their statistics. Um, you know, when they come up against decent opposition, I, I expect them to fall in a heap. Um, given that they're an aging team, as I've said for a number of weeks now. Um, look, bullying the Cowboys isn't an indication of, of Manly's premiership credentials. They're bullies. We all know this. Let's just say we didn't leave um, until the last last 60 seconds. It was over, It was over. you know, 60 minutes into the game. Some teams, Nathan, have a real flair for the dramatic, if you will. <laughs> dramatic plunge down the table. Decline, year if you year. will. <laughs> Buy the shirt this week at league.com. <laughs> Click on shop. <laughs> and then fucking burn it. I was pretty impressed with Manly's attack. Um, I think it had a real crispness to it that has been lacking um, recent times. Um, in this in this game, I think they put it together everywhere apart from Glenn Stewart. Yeah, he had a couple of good touches, but he, he had a couple of good touches, and and at one point I was like, errors. wow, he's even turned it around. Like he was running, he was direct. Um, his passes were good, and then then he got drunk, yeah. <laughs> and started throwing that fucking machine gun pass he threw yeah. to to Brent Kite from two meters away, where he slung it to him, fucking full force. Oh man, he fucking does my head in this year, that guy. Jesus, Richie Faso made uh, special agent Faso. <laughs> I saw that as well, and I thought that was possibly, possibly top five greatest Nathan Gillis Twitter moments. You know what? Hash parent tweet. <laughs> yeah, that didn't get that. That did that. I, I, I wanted. I thought that would have got all the retweets. I'd be lucky if we got fucking one. I loved it. People just didn't get it. They just don't appreciate that. Was, that was champagne Twitter. That one. It really was. And if I hadn't have been on my way to go to sleep, I would have. <laughs> I would have replied because. Oh, I loved it. You know, I did get a lot of retweets, so off the subject. My one there, my, um, my my Bon Jovi cover song idea for Benji. You seen me do that tweet? No. You haven't seen it? No. I'll tell you what. I don't want to see it. I do not want to see it. 
I'll let you Can see it. Put your phone down. No, I'll let you see I'll it. Smash it with a hammer. I want to s- no, put your phone down. No, you need to see it because it came from the this week. Don't want to see it. It was on the this week in league account. I can't believe you didn't see it. <laughs> this one did get all the retweets. Hang on a minute. Let me find, let me go find it. I mean, we have to identify. There we go. There you go. you got to admit, the way that I use both of the official hashtags for the West Tigers in um, hash is my life and hash Tigers in decline, I mean, that's, that's got to count for something, right? <laughs> and the fact I sent it directly to Benji's Twitter account. Very impressive effort from Fire, so to make up for his time out of the game. Um, and I, I thought uh, he, he ran hard, he showed a lot of energy um, and was really impressive. Really, fuck, I can't believe he talked. Fuck, I hate you. What's that? What, what did just I do now? This. The same thing. Just, I'm over it. That, I'm over that you. tweet. That, yes. That's fucking sensational. I'm over you. I'm over my life. <laughs> um, I was massively impressed with Special Agent Foso. And that short pass that he did the lay on the try yeah. for Jamie Lyon uh, was, was fucking sensational. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that Glenn Stewart should be doing. But, you know. It looks... This might seem really dumb. And a lot of what I say is really dumb. But he looks like he's dropped... A stack of weight in that time that he was off. Yeah, Donnie, he looked fit, like really. Donny Singe must have been just absolutely hammering him in training the whole time, <sighs> making him pay a serious p- price for his uh, for his ill discipline and yeah. and uh, coat I'm sure that's not even close to the case, but anyway. But he's good, and I mean, I, I, it's good to have these forwards. I mean, yeah, you've got your you know your forwards that have all, you know footwork and all this sort of stuff, but I love guys that are just like you know battering rams as well that just run straight and you know what you're going to get every time yeah. and they don't faff about like Brent Kite and you know like you know run then stop turn their back get smashed a bit and you know don't really get over the advantage line that kind of thing um, I love him I hope he can keep it, if he can keep the high shots out of his game you know great uh, Lee Sayo he, had his, tackles. he had his uh, he had his debut he was um, he was good uh, obviously very highly rated uh, from the 20s uh, last year for the, the Warriors and one of the best 20s players um and speaking of one of the best 20s players, Peter Hiku, sensational in the centres. I mean, early on in the piece, in the first 15 minutes of the game, they tried to, like, the, the left-hand side was just crisp, like, you know, Foran and Matai and Tafua, Brett Stewart, they were just amazing over there. With Jamie Lyon moving into play uh, in the Cherry Evans position, the, it wasn't, I mean, Jamie Lyon to, to Glenn Stewart was going okay, but when they do the cutout plays, uh, Hiku was kind of out of position a little bit, uh, you know, early, and they, you know, they fucked up some of their plays. But. To be fair, he hasn't played as, a lot of us. Yeah, and, and then they throw him in a new position, and again, you know, he's played three positions since he's played uh, in the side. But then in the second half, when they started getting it together, he's just got this ability, because he seems really tall and kind of lanky, he seems to have the ability to. A, turn on the afterburners as he gets to the line and either break straight through them and keep going or at least get his heads and head and shoulders sort of free and keep the legs pumping and then he can, you know, throw another pass, you know, on the end of it. Yeah. And um, he's, wish, he's the Hoju. He's a Hopper Junior replacement. Yeah, that's great. Custom made. Um, I just wish that he'd go back to reserve grade or, or wherever he came from so I could do away with these fucking <laughs> hiku, haiku. <laughs> I'm going to start making Hiku hate coups. <laughs> yeah, I've got another one for you this week yeah, too. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Even I, I threw one out as well, but um, you know, he wasn't. He was, you know, he was fine. He wasn't. He wasn't hateful. The one I've got, he's hateful. To you know, not to you specifically, but you know, to things you love. It's to me. Yep. But um, <laughs> but the other thing though, the the attack for for Manly, like you said, it was good. I mean, can you stop talking? 
just the depth in attack and the way they were coming, you know, deep line, you know, running, yes, beautiful second man plays. They're just fucking unstoppable. Well, I, just- I actually want to hear this Hiku Haiku. All right, but hang on a second. More I just, than I want to listen to you carry on. I just wanted That's to say, I just wanted to say, I mean, is there, there's pretty much, there's nothing, there's not a more beautiful sight in, in rugby league than Seagulls on song in attack. It's just fucking magnificent to see. It's just such beautiful, I mean, it's it's art. I'd rather see Souths in attack it's than ma- Manly it's in ma- attack. It's majestic. It's just, it's just, a, it's a work of art. And um and they then they painted another masterpiece over the top of the uh, uh, the cowboys on this occasion. There was a young uh, man, and that's GB. That's a limerick, not a haiku. I oh, know. And that's eighty four points in eighty four points in two weeks. With only with only fourteen points against. Let's move Fucking on. this train is humming again. All oh, the way to the grand fuck. final. One hand back on the trophy, boys. Okay. Ben Skinner. Robert Louis has mistaken Tafua for his misses and gone in with a headshot. Yeah. Scum I of expected a lot more of that of that on Twitter after that tackle. There was a, there was a little bit petered away. It wasn't yeah. too much. I mean, the Seagulls live account was. I I did a tweet. I can't even remember what I fucking said, but I said something about um Robert Louis' kicking game. You know, has been really good so far, and you know something. I, I tied it to like you know domestic violence. Yeah, and a cowboy supporter. Tweets back and said, "You know, you're a, you you know you're you're a joke and a disgrace for saying that." And so, <laughs> and so right, and so so I've gone. Well, look, I'm sorry, but I'm never going to fucking have any remorse or pity for saying anything about a fucking scumbag wife Peter cunt. All right, and then then I read then I did a quote tweet on that guy and you know put like Louis apologist arrow at that guy just so everyone else had unleashed on the cunt as well. And you know, not many people did. They had mercy on him. I mean, obviously, it's, you know. This brain injury, really supporting supporting Robert Louis is a, is a, is probably a, a scientific test for brain injury, or you know perhaps you know low IQ or you know something to do with being a simpleton. I'd agree with all of the above. Whether it's been, you know through massive head trauma, like you know being slammed in a sliding door and kicked and shit while you're pregnant and that, or it could be you know he was born that way. But yeah, so we need to pity those people a little bit, but not Robert Louis. Fuck him. Ben Dunn, 43. If there's one thing that almost all NRL supporters agree on, it's their hate for Robert Louis, 23. His Twitter. Hash dog cunt. So he's tweeted to the NRL, us, and Robert Louis. Magnificent. Big underscore redness. Justin Horro versus Matt Bowen. Hello, fly meat windshield. Horro needs his wipers and squirters to clean Matt's guts off him now. <laughs> and that was amazing. That was reminiscent of when Tony Williams trampled uh, Billy Slater that time. Isn't it magnificent to see... How good Justin Horro is going? I, I, it's he had that first when he first came on the scene at Parramatta. He was playing like he is now. Yeah, yeah. And then fell out of favour at the Eels, such as their recruitment genius. Yep. And um, fucking Carney. I mean, could he's got to do with him now. He's got a lot to. He, he, you know, when coaches get to that stage where they do, uh, you know, where players don't get a run just because of like a, a personality thing or you know that sort of thing, it's just. Yeah, cutting off their nose to spite their face. I mean, I just fucking hate it. And I mean, I'm so, so pleased that Horro's found a home at, uh, at Seagulls. And his combination, like just running off short passes and short little grubbers yeah. off, off foreign, he's getting all the tries. He'll never get another nudie run as long as he lives. Exactly. He, keeps, he keeps playing off uh, off uh, the left side of foreign. Um, and just remind me, when you're talking about um, players, uh, you know, benching players I don't get along with or whatever, I can't say who uh, who sent me this. It was by DM. said, uh, don't reveal your source. But I go pretty far back with Khalifa, and you remember how we said on the show, like, what's you know, he was sensational last year. What, mm. where has he been? He's, uh, he's not playing because him and Henry don't get on. Bad blood. 
And uh, I said, oh, wow, you know, he was great last year too. And this person said, uh, you know, the last time they hung out uh, a couple of months ago, um, he's saying he didn't expect to play, play much this season regardless of form. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. It takes origin, an origin deficient, an injury deficient side to get him in there. Otherwise, he's one of these guys that, you know, would be buried. Yeah. Funny stuff that goes on beyond scenes, eh? It's crazy, crazy. Uh, Life of Ty. Four into Horro has the makings of lines to Menzies about it. I don't know, I'm not sure, maybe not that, because I mean, like, Horro's a little more, you know, less footwork and speed and stuff, and he's more just like, you know, a battering ram. But hey, I'll take it. Blue underscore Beaver. I hoped Matai would cut Louis in half in this match, and I don't mean in a tackle, but the 20-point win is a decent consolation, though. (laughs) CA Photo 10. It's been said the Cowboys were playing for Henry's future tonight. On that effort, I don't think the players want him. I, yeah, I can't read too much into an origin. I mean, admittedly, it's only like, you know, uh, the, some good forwards down, but Thurston is, you know, so much yeah. more than, you know, just one player out. Exactly. You know, for that side. Uh, okay, Mr. Nilsson, 27. Louis, not bad with the boot tonight. Don't know if he brought his warm-up skills to the game, though. He's like, Hash puts the grub in grubber kick. <laughs> and uh, sweet Nigel B., one you've been waiting for. Oh, Peta Hiku, you just keep getting better. Unlike that Benji. Hash Hiku Haiku. It was <laughs> a young boy, Naji B. <laughs> Previews. Okay, first up this week, of course, Wednesday night. We have Game 3 of the 2013 Holden State of Origin Series down there at uh, Sydney Olympic Park, New South Wales. Gus Gould to give us the final word. Then the game to kick off, they say 8 o'clock, was probably more like quarter past. Throw some hands and shit in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Shane Hayne and Ben Cummins, Ashley in decline, got kicked out of this game, thank yes. God. Uh, interestingly, uh, one of the touchies, Steve Carell, so I mean, you know, one half of the, you know, some guys over on that sideline, they'll be probably laughing, enjoying some some comedy. And uh, video referee, Bernard Sutton. The fuck? This is a modern family up in the video box. Could be interesting. <laughs> and it's the office down on the sideline. And Henry Perinara as well. I mean, Bernard Sutton, I mean, I remember he was refing games up here. He was so out of favour. And mm. I mean, now he's, he's only running touch 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 lines, I think, in the NRL at the moment. So put him in the video. Yeah, why not put him in the video box for one of the most important fucking games of the year? Yeah. Of course. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing could possibly go wrong there. So, obviously, you're going to say Queensland are going to win? Yeah, no surprises there. Um, look, I, I think this is possibly New South Wales' best chance um, in their entire uh, period of being dominated by Queensland recently um, to actually win a series. And I say that in all seriousness because Robbie Farah is the captain. And uh, Paul Gallen, who's quite frankly has been a liability this season... Um, ill-discipline <laughs> has been replaced by Aaron Woods um, and it's that Tigers connection that it's given him the best chance to deliver a series victory yeah. that you so long for and quite frankly don't think that I won't be taking a little bit of credit if New South Wales win the series and I'll be saying all oh, you fuckheads that wanted Ennis you wanted Michael Ennis in there or oh, you fuckheads said Robbie wasn't an origin player all of a sudden captain Ja to a series win now shut the fuck up. You're welcome. And they'll, and they'll say, shut up, state trader, and go and fucking bask in defeat of your chosen state. Yeah, whatever. 
just move on to uh, the Tigers sending Energy Marshall out the uh, premiership winning hero that he deserves to be as he fucks off to Rugby Union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not worry about that. Um, uh, lots of Gowan's a big loss. Uh, I think the key is McManus. I mean, if he plays well and you know, doesn't get horribly exposed like uh, Nathan Merritt did. No. I mean, because let's face it, New South Wales were never actually in that game in, in game two. But if you take away you know, Merritt's fuck-ups and the tries that he basically just fucking... He pretty much had a little flash like It was like he was in a cinema just going, come on, Greg, in that way. Come on, Fluffy. <laughs> Give it to Fluffy. There you go, Fluffy. There's there's the try line. Pointing down the aisle. There you go. It's like he was at the airport. <clears throat> exactly. Just bringing the fucking planes in. Yeah, and so if you take you take his tries out of it, and it's actually it's a far closer game. I mean, despite the fact that Queensland well, had all the running. Why does he not score any fucking points if you take all the... I think they get well, like, maybe one try. Yeah. So, um... So you know, it's a far, despite having none of the run of the play. I mean, it's still a, on a scoreline wise. It's still it's still a far closer game. So if McManus can actually you know plug the plug the holes over on that side, then you know, fair enough. Mitchell Pierce, it's a bit unfair. I think of all this pressure. Oh, you know, Mitchell Pierce is the you know if he doesn't if he doesn't win uh, this game, then his Origin career is over. You select Mitchell Pierce in your side. You know what you're going to fucking get. Mm. You know what I mean? Mediocrity. Like, exactly, and and a, a lack of a general lack of flair and uh, and or talent. I think it's pretty obvious, and anyone that knows anything about rugby league will understand that Luke Brooks will be the halfback for New South Wales next year. Um, but you know, it'd be nice uh, for Mitchell Pearce to to finish his Origin career on a, on a positive note with a with a strong performance um, in defeat, and um, you know. Even you know, despite the the dominance of Robbie Farrow and Aaron Woods, they can't do it all. They need they need Adam, help. They Adam just... Adam Reynolds and uh, and sticky no name Tigers kid up your ass. How about that? You can play for fucking Queensland. How's that sound? Yeah, Beautiful. new halves combination means another defeat. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, and Luke Brooks is playing there this year, so he's not part of a new halves combination. Is that what you're saying? But he comes from the Tigers, so he nullifies all possible. Oh, because he plays with Maloney at the Tigers. Is that what you're saying? No, because he he plays with you know. Robbie Farrow, who will probably be captain next year as well. All he'll, know about, it, all he'll know about is, is, is moderate under-20 success and, Quite frankly, and, and, media, and mediocre you know, spoon, you know, Based on this season grade. experience, Brooks might be playing in the English, English Super League by the time Origin rolls around. What <laughs> 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 fuck do I know? Exactly. Boyd Corden, interested to see how he goes. I mean, there's been a lot of talking him up, you know, from uh, you know old, old footballers saying, oh, this kid, you know, he's going to play 20 Origins. He's a fucking... You know, blue blood, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. We'll see. Aaron Woods was unconvincing. And dare I say, meek and terrible. Pretty much the, you know, Ben Cray Jr. in game two. So Really? Um, Is that, yeah, that yeah. what you're going to go with that? That's no, that's, 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 that's factual. That's um, what it was. I'm su- I was surprised with the way New South Wales played in game one. I didn't expect them to play as well as they did um, being coached by Laurie Daly. So um, he certainly proven me wrong. And I think... Um, you know, it's there for the taking if they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they've got the the ability on the park, even without Gallon out. Uh, sorry, even without Gallon in the side, who's who's a massive loss. Um, I still think they have the talent in the side um, to do the job. It's just a matter if they can get there mentally. And I think Queensland are going to be able to get themselves up and and be able to perform at a very high level for this game because that's what they've they've done over the course of this dominant period that they're experiencing. Just but, stable, unchanged, yeah. unchanged lineup and very few changes across the whole series. Sure. When New South Wales have been struck down viciously with injuries, you know, to very key players like you know, Gallon and Jarrett Hayne. So um, and then yeah, the whole destabilising, you know, Blake Ferguson ignorance, mm. you know, that douchebag. 
So I just think, you know, stability-wise, I mean, Queensland have to be the favourites by, by a long way. Sure. And, um, and I think it'll have to take something special for New South Wales to get up uh, for the victory. They're being Based led by else. a champion. They're being led by a, a warrior um, that, you know, knows no boundaries, Nathan. And, you know, if there's anyone... He's certainly, testing, lead, a lower, he's certainly testing a lower boundaries than the NRL table at the moment, though. If there's anyone on the face of this earth that can lead New South Wales to, to a victory, it's Robbie Farrer. So... You know, I wish the great man all the best. Um, you know, personally, I don't think they'll get there because I think that's that's too big a mountain even for Robbie Farrow to, to to lead a team. But if anyone can do it, Robbie can. All right, moving on to round 19 of the Telstra Premiership. Friday night football kicks off with the West Tigers versus the New Zealand Warriors at Leichhardt Oval. Well, unfortunately. It's the only Friday night game. What that means is, for the rugby league lover, you've got no choice. There's no way out of watching this game. So, <clears throat> I've got the lineup. I don't. The, the Tigers, as usual, were very late with their lineup, so um, I don't have their lineup. But I assume it's pretty much the same as it has been. Well, Benji Marshall's been named. That's the biggest shock. Amazing. It's me the same as last week and the week before that, and every week except for round ten. <laughs> Incredible. Quite honestly, I don't know how I can continue with such fucking shocks to my system. Agreed. Um, look, the Warriors in a, in a purple patch of form. Um, and, you know, I hate to say for, for any of those optimistic Kiwis, and God knows there's not normally many of them on the face of the earth, but, um, you know, they'll be fancying their chances in this game. They'll be, you know, the Tigers have had an unsettled week with all the Benji Marshall news, and, and they'll be expecting to come to Leichhardt Oval and, and play a bit of razzle-dazzle football and come away with a win. But let me tell you, my friends, this is the new West Tigers. The this new West, West Tigers. This is the West Tigers that are determined um, to send the great man Benji Marshall out as a winner. And yes, with a they may be the same as the, the old West Tigers from a week ago. Well, they played the bye last week, let's be fair. Um, and the week before that. This will be a, a true test of, of how tight-knit the Tigers are. And I think they've they've spruiked about it um, with some of their recent performances about uh, you know the, the commitment in the club and... You know, if they all do rally around Marshall and and you know want to put in for him, um, given his time at the club and his status within the organisation, then um, you know there really is. You know, I've been saying it all year, but this really just adds to my argument that there is nothing stopping the Tigers to win the premiership this season. Um, it starts with beating the informed team like the Warriors um, by a, a really considerable margin, and um, you know I don't think they've got any answer to it. Yep. Um You'd agree. A stabilised side, Benji Marshall has done the dirty on his teammates. I mean, they've got nothing to send him away for. I mean, you know, he's he's made a lot of money, you know, for the mediocre football that he's delivered to this club over the course of his career with them. And, uh, you know, for him to then, you know, bail on them in the hour of need, he's a selfish player. And the, the other players, I mean, of course they recognise it. I mean, Robbie will be coming from, a, you know, a close-knit team environment in New South Wales origin side. Woodsy. He'd have a look at it as well. They'll get out there. They'll tell the teammates in their dressing room. They'll know what time it is. Benji's once disillusioned. Their lead is gone. They're all being farmed out to England and the, and the Cronulla side. They don't know what their next meal's coming from. They don't know where they're going to play next year. This is a club that's you know, set to implode, and I'd be surprised if the Warriors win this game by less than 28 points. Now, <clears throat> next Saturday game, this is uh, Canberra Raiders taking on the Parramatta Eels down there in Canberra. Canberra 100 the end. Definitely agree. Interesting that Reese Robinson's been put to the wing and Milford's at fullback. He's been going very well, though. I mean, I guess they're just trying to give him more uh, more game time. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy. <clears throat> Tell you what, if Canberra go on a bit of a run, 
And he could be the guy. He could be the guy. He's a talented guy. He's, yeah, I mean, very talented, very good on his feet. Um, much like a Ben Barber-style player. Yeah. I mean, it, then again, though, you know, expect the possibility that the NRL then uh, allows allows Ferguson to come back. And in that case, you know, we'll probably see a reshuffle. We'll see Thompson probably move out of the four and then, you know. Fergie Ferg going there. Yeah. Exactly. There is absolutely no chance that Parra can win this game. None. None. Not. They they played their grand final where they almost came within uh, a converted driver side last week in Penrith. And, um, and uh, that's about. And that'll just about do the Parramatta Reels for 2013. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving along to also Saturday game, Sydney Roosters taking on the Cronulla Sharks at Allianz. <laughs> Matt Chetchen's referee, Sydney Roosters. They love the good. They they love to trot out refs' fault. Oh my God, I mean, like, do they really? Oh fuck, they. Oh, I've seen a great deal of it. Oh mate, you I don't you, follow that many Roosters fans. You follow um, Rick. Oh, and he's he's refs fault personified. I mean, every game he bitches about referees, even if he's not playing. Yeah, he's he's. he's I'm surprised he, he gets mobile reception from his cardboard box. He should he should change. His, the man. He should change his Twitter name to at refs fault. Oh fuck! Please, if anyone's going to do that, it should be you. Oh, he could be I'm, at refs fault one. I'm philosophical about the referees. I mean, I only call it when you know. I, I didn't call any refs fault this week for any of the games. But if you know, if there's other games where refs fault stuff happens, I um, called the the Josh Reynolds thing. Just uh, during the, it would have been the first 10 minutes of the game last last night. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know what? I'll just check in on Seagulls Live and see what <laughs> fucking utter repugnant bullshit is being spruced from this <laughs> stupid, pathetic, poor excuse for an account that people wrongly, mis- <laughs> that people often mistake rather. For an official club account. Yeah, that's pretty fucking stupid on their part, yeah, though. <laughs> exactly. Um, and there it was. Manly give away... I'm sorry, Manly drop the ball. Yeah. And I believe the tweet was, oh, and we've dropped the ball. Cowboys, Cowboys get a let off as we drop the ball. Stripped. But you know how these things go. Yeah, but it was, though. Rest fault. It was stripped. You need to you need to put hash ref's fault on the end of it. Well, ref the ref didn't drop the ball. The ref just made a poor decision, and nothing <laughs> came of it. So it wasn't ref's fault for anything. Please, <laughs> we defended the set and moved on our way and went on to fucking a crushing victory. What are you talking about? There's no anyway, ref's fault there. Back to this game, Roosters v Sharks. I think it'll be a very entertaining game. Yeah, maybe we'll see what kind of mood the Cronulla Sharks are in. I mean, I don't still I'm still not convinced from them as a as an entertaining attacking force. Uh, and, you know, with Stuart Mills in the side, I just think that's something that the Sydney Roosters will love to exploit all game long. What, how long is Wade Graham out for? <clears throat> Too long. Too long for the Sharks, in my opinion. Fuck, I, I don't think they can do it without him. Not with, with, without him and Gallon. Yeah, in combination too, with too Gallon. Big, yeah. Too big a, a hurdle for the Sharks to overcome, and I think the Roosters, um, off the back of Sonny Bill and, and James Maloney, will, will get the job done. And yeah. despite the presence of Mitchell Pearce. I agree, and I think I think that they'll, um, the Roosters will win it pretty comfortably as well, to be honest. Sure. Okay, uh, Penrith Panthers taking on the Newcastle Knights at Centibet Stadium at Penrith. So this one will no doubt be played in front of 9,000 people. Um, and it's a Sunday afternoon too, so really there is no excuse, Panthers fans. You know, they won four in a row. I mean, honestly, if they can't crack 10,000 for this game, they may as well fucking pack them up and ship them over to Perth. Get down to Penrith Plaza early. Get down to Penrith Plaza early. Load up on Woodstocks. Yeah, no, get in there. Pre-drink. Get your shoplifting done straight <laughs> up soon as they... Open whilst they're, they're still tired, they've had big nights the night before at Panthers. Yeah, they've come to work at their two dollar shops. 
they've come to work and they're under the influence. Yep. Prime, ripe for the picking for your weekly shoplifting, shoplifting escapades. Get in there. Get it done. Get out. Sell the stuff. Buy yourself a ticket to the Panthers game. Go and support your team. Exactly. What exactly. better Sunday? And long story short, the Panthers four in a row. The Knights, you know, have been have you know been reasonable of late. Let's be honest. Well, I think the Panthers will do them. That's <coughs> really. Pick. I reckon they can really? beat the Knights. Really, Knights away from home. Really, um, Knights. Yeah, you know, really. The Knights, you know, starting to approach something you know, close to close to full strength. No, fuck the Knights. I think Penrith can win. Whew. You know, you think West Tigers can can win the premiership too? So, so clearly, not, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Not all the weight on there. Um, Take your Tigers and decline shirts and bash them up your ass when we lift that trophy. Fuck, I can't wait. <laughs> I think I think the the Knights will win this. I, I think Penrith days are done. I mean, they were, they barely scraped by Parramatta last week, and their injury situation's worse than that this week. So, you know, Luke, Luke Walsh unwanted. But you know he'll he'll do his best to try and you know give these ungrateful fucks a victory. But um, <laughs> Kevin Kingston, same boat. The captain he continues to wear the sea with pride despite being absolutely blasted in the back with a thousand knives from such a just a disloyal disloyal unit. And you know I think the players will respond accordingly. Fuck you hate on Penrose? It's amazing. Something to do. It's one of your best sprays. You just pulled that off the cuff. Yeah, why do I hate on anything just to do it, really? Yeah, you're a hateful person. <laughs> exactly. You have I no mean. heart. There's an asshole where your heart should be. <laughs> All right. And uh, speaking of heart personified, the mighty manly Ringer Seagulls will uh, take on the Gold Coast Titans down there at Brookie at 2 p.m. Sunday kickoff. Fantastic time for footy, providing it's not pissing down with rain. Um, no excuses. Get in there. Uh, Fantastic manly lineup. I mean, I love I love Jamie Lyon in the halves. I mean, you know, you saw how silky they were on, the, on Monday night, and you know, two thousand eight grand final. Need I say more? But he's back to his uh, customary centre position. So, um, no Peter Hiku inside this week, unfortunately for the young kid. But you know, he has to make way for the uh, the A team are back. Daly Cherian's back. Yeah, Almost weeks back. reprieve from a Hiku haiku, unless you you know, if he does something magnificent in, in Reggie's, in, in Reggie's, you'll hear about it. Don't worry about it. Um, so the the bench special agent for Oso is back. Jamie Bureau. Jamie, you talked about Glenn Stewart last week. Jamie Bureau was playing like a fucking monkey. Did you see? He must have made six tackles for five penalties. Fucking, he's a he's a young, fast, athletic guy, and he has fucking more trouble getting off a tackle player or you know cleanly disengaging from a tackle player. He has more trouble than fucking George Rosewood. I'm dead set. He reminds me a lot of a young Jason Riles. Jamie Bureau. He was. He had a bit of that in Monday night's game for sure. Can give away a ruck penalty. Oh, he, he was, can look bewildered. Oh, he was <laughs> fucking. He did some dumb, dumb shit. I think um, he's got his headgear strapped too tight. Yeah, and and TV no doubt would have absolutely blasted him, and he'll be a hundred percent better this week. Hassan, good to see him in the side, and uh, Nick Skinner. He did well last week as well. Okay, so we move. I don't. To, well, hang on. <clears throat> I'm giving a prediction for this game. I was going to go through the Titans side first and talk about some of the Titans players, and you can go oh, prediction. Right. Okay, sweet. The key things for the Titans are, at this stage, Nate Miles and Greg Bird rested. <laughs> wow, because they're guaranteed such a, a dominant victory in this game, you didn't have to play them. Yeah, with luminaries such as Jordan Rankin, Brad Takarangi, Jamie Dowling in the in their back line. Are these made-up people? Who are they? Seriously, apart from uh, you know Kevin Gordon and David Mead, who aren't very good players, um, yeah, certainly Kevin Gordon's far better rapper than he is a player. And Aiden Caesar, who's had his moments this year, everything from Albert Kelly back down to one, 
is pretty much just fucking imaginary names. <laughs> they're either they're either mythical names or mythical players. It's like they just tip their Scrabble board upside down and fucking sort of, you know, exactly. make up some people. Exactly. When you're going to start to... We've been going shit house. Why don't we just put some made-up players in there? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they've, they've, they've copped, you know, 40-point beatings, you know, or thereabouts, uh, their last two outings. Mark Ioane. What? Who? Yeah. They've copped some floggings lately. They're, um, they're, they've slid out of the eight. Or... i tell you who is a much-improved player for the Titans is Bo Falloon. Yeah. That's, I think he came from South, didn't he? Yes. Um, never really rated him. At the Titans, yeah, well, you know, looks a quality player. You know, playing yeah. in a squad filled with made-up people. <laughs> yeah, big fish, small pond. You know how it is. <laughs> uh, look, I don't think there's much chance of of Manly, you know, yet again playing, uh, you know, mediocre teams and, and ordinary teams at the right time of the season. And uh, I think Manly will get another win. But um, their dip is coming. They're, uh, you know, there's there's going to come a time very, very soon for We've the Sea Eagles where they're, they're going to have a day of reckoning and they're going to be found wanting. We've had our dip and uh, now it's uh, we're going to win every game on the way through the finals, stitch up that top four position, uh, probably finished uh, top three, third, third at worst, you know, second at best. I think South have probably got, you know, they've had such a favourable run early in the season. I think they've built up too much of a buffer. They should get the minor premiership. But, uh, you know, we'll take second. Easy. All right. And speaking of the Rabbits... So, so Manly 13 plus easy and uh, geez after Bones effort uh, <laughs> great friend Bones uh, Manly supporter legend he uh, had a yeah he had a multi uh, Matty Ballon first try scorer into Manly 13 plus 30 bucks on his multi it was paying 66 bucks do the math 1980 fucking sensational and I mean god he needs to he needs to win all that gambling money too because I think he did it at TAB up in North Queensland because he fucking goes to every game no matter where it is so yeah. he needs to generate some money from between gambling. footy tickets and crystal meth I'm sure it's already spent alright now the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons this one is Monday night foot bitch and uh, ably served by two sides they may as well call this fucking game off at half time Rabbitohs will be up it'll be at 90 yeah, this is going to be one of these games like when uh, the Rabbits played the West Tigers for sure and people are just going to be fucking, you know, the scoreboard's going to set on fire. It's changing over so quickly. Um, Dugan, provided he's not injured, he'll be back. Origin players all return, of course. Uh, Matt Cooper in the side. Uh, you know, we'll see how he goes. Well, the halves. We might finish the game and then he'll be out for a week. Yeah, the halves, Quin- Quinlan and Fiend. Fien has been the the much blind the subject of much ire from uh, Dragons fans. Yes. They can turn on their team too. Those guys can't they? What uh, all that success they've had? Yeah. Over, oh wait, a couple of years ago now. And prior to that, not a great deal. Yeah, um, decades and decades. Look, Dragons on paper, decent pack of forwards probably be able to, should be able to match it with the Rabbitohs, but. Um, Quite frankly, they're underperforming the Dragons and have done all year. Uh, the Rabbitohs are by far the best top team in the competition at the moment, and uh, I think they'll just have their way with the Dragons. I think they will too. I mean, I hesitate to put a margin on it, but it'd certainly be more than 13 plus, and I'd almost be inclined to go to 19 if I was throwing in a well, multi. 30 plus, or it's fucking Maysville class as a loss for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and um, the beautiful thing about this round of football is that there are buys to the Bulldogs, Storm, Broncos, and Cowboys, and that's four teams that no one really wants to watch, so you've got no excuse for watching all the games this week. Fantastic. Look, you you know rugby league going well when those four teams have the bye. Damn straight. (laughs) 
Okay, that is full time for episode 129. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you keep hitting that like button and sharing our posts as we put them up because you're doing a fantastic job, guys, and we're getting tons of likes. iTunes, how many reviews did we get this week? How many, Nathan? Not one. Not one? Not two. Not two. Three. Oh, my goodness. Sensational week. The first one. I like how you put me on the spot there. Yeah, well, it was, it was it was like a guessing game. It wasn't a oh. test. It was, I was asking you, yeah, how many did you think? Like when I get questioned and I just get instantly defensive. Exactly, like that. <laughs> so this one was uh, is by the Speaker of Truth. So oh, here we go. I've got to believe what they say. I'm pretty sure this is going to be about me. Highlight of every week, five stars. Yep. This podcast is unbelievable. Why am I only allowed to give five stars? Listening to these two legends give their thoughts on the news, reviews, previews is fantastic. Watch the language, parents, but a whole lot of fun. Glenn, read State Trader. Can you please talk to Tigers HQ about all these players leaking to the mighty Sharkies? Enough is enough. Actually, we could take Robbie. We need some depth in the number nine position to play second field for Morris or DeGoyce in case of injury. Nate, a tweet from last week said it best from a Paris supporter saying, even watching Parramatta lose by 40 is better than being a Manly fan. Jokes, read, truth aside, thank you both for the show. I sit and refresh my podcast every Wednesday from around 3pm every couple of minutes until I see the next edition downloading to my phone. Can't wait till next week. That's an excellent review. going so well. And then we had to mention Robbie Farrow playing second field. Those two fucking gronks. Now we've got uh, Ben Lux One, who's, uh, whose review was uh, all other podcasts in decline. Five stars. Not only is this the best NRL podcast, it's the best podcast full stop. Nate and Glenn are a couple of gronks that all although, that although go for questionable teams and are massively biased towards these sides still manage to give an informative and hilarious insight into the world of rugby league keep up the great work fellas and go the bunnies and the blues hashtags in decline and can't wait to wear the hashtags in decline t-shirt proud legend not yeah. only that but a financial supporter of the show so you've got to love him yeah. the next one good looking roosters five stars by Andos 20 is back <laughs> <laughs> I'd let Nate and Glenn double team my wife but only if they let me watch. That's how much I love this podcast. Actually, the podcast has nothing at all to do with that. They could double team her any time. The podcast is still good enough. It's still good, though. Give it a listen. P.S. I don't have a wife. <laughs> Fantasy. Okay, in our um, in our group competition, Sherwood Scorpions, you know, same old story. They're number one, and the minor placings just shuffle each week. El Ducho's Dope is second. Uh, Cerberus, third. Dane Laurie for PM, fourth. Followed by uh, Toto's Terrors, Mighty Bulldogs, MC Willie Blocked, Jolly As, On a Blood Buzz, and Greendale Goblins, pretty much all of whom have been, you know, there or thereabouts for you know, the entire season. Tipping. Oh, ructions. It's coming. The day of reckoning for tipping is coming. You'll remember that Real Jedi established a four-point lead very early on in the piece and held it for a long, long time. Yes. Got cut back to three. This week, the lead is gone. Oof. He's still on. He's still in the lead, and depending on who he's gone for in the Queensland versus New South Wales game, he'll either retain it or, or lose it, depending on the second place, I guess. We have a three-way tie at the top now on 96 points between the Real Jedi, Voodoo Rock, and Williams 277. The Real Jedi uh, forfeited his one-point advantage by tipping Brisbane over the Sharks, whereas everyone else, pretty much in the entire competition, tipped the Sharks. Um, if you didn't tip the card this week, you got fucking no chance in tipping, honestly. Um, we got in fourth, one point further back, we've got Desi's Ducks, Boxcar Jason, and Troy Schroeder. 
So we've got six people all within the one point. And then only another point back from there, we have Lynn and Animal NZ. And then one point back from there, we've got Dougie and Big Dan to, to wrap up the uh, top 10. So literally from first to 10th, three points. Jesus. Anyone's game at this stage with, you know, plenty of rounds left in the season to pick up points. So you're still third last. Of course. But so. you did okay this week so far because you get given away team, so you got three out of four. So Sweet go. ass. <laughs> so I think you only lost on the, the doggies game, which was the easiest one to pick too if you actually put your tips in. Okay, shock. Stop. Shop. We have still have some stock of the Revelation shirt. I actually had a look at the stock levels today and across all sizes, there are six Revelation shirts left. Um, off the top of my head, I don't recall what sizes they're in, but... Um, so get on there and check it out. The shop will tell you. The shop will tell you. You know, soon enough that uh, you know whether there's no stock on. There's a couple of sizes that I think medium is completely sold out. I think we have. I think two XL is completely sold out. The ones we have left uh, fall only in uh, XL, L, and S. And uh, so, and there's a total of six. I think there's two. I think there's perhaps there's like two or three large, uh, one XL, one small, something like that. Um, I've got that, to replace my uh, large, so I might have to. Uh there you go. Buy one of them. What'd you do to it? Got paint on it. <laughs> what are you painting in your shirt for? Because I was, I was wearing it with pride, and then I, th- it was back before we sold the house. Yeah. I thought, just finish off that little painting job I started yesterday. <laughs> Haven't got much to do. No possible way I would possibly get paint on any any of my gear. Ended up with paint on my shirt, paint on my shorts, paint on my shoes. I had to paint something that was about six inches square. Yeah, paint it. Amazing. What? It's like I just fucking smothered myself in paint and rubbed myself on the wall. Michelangelo in decline. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, we still have some revelation shows. That, I mean, hats, I don't know what the stock levels are like on there, but I assume we've got enough. Um, uh, stubby coolers. How are we going with stubby coolers? Oh, heaps. Heaps, that's good, because we've actually got a few uh, additional stubby coolers. And that was the thing I found with the Tigers in decline shirt orders that have come in. So many people have been buying, like, extra shirts, a hat, stubby yeah. cooler, stuff at the same time, which is awesome. Um, so what we'll do is, I guess, you know, probably let us know what you want to do with those. I, I might just send it all at the same time when the Tigers in decline shirt comes in, but um, if you want your other stuff, you know, straight away, then buy means let us know uh but the last revelation shirts are in clearance mode so we sell them half price 20 bucks for those ones and uh we want new stock of everything so if you spend over 50 bucks we throw in a stubby cooler for free uh tigers inclined shirt i'll be pulling the trigger on that one uh just emailing finally with the printer over the next probably i'd say tomorrow we'll probably do the deposit and get them done and as far as i understand uh, with their workload at the moment i think it'll be 10 days before it starts it'll take a day to do and then it'll take a couple of days to get back to me so we're probably looking at having them in two weeks and then you know it'll allow a couple of days to a week after that for me to you know get around to post them all out and stuff and yeah away you go um so that's it other shirts coming up undefeated tool nation ref's fault and hopefully hopefully if you listen to this on Wednesday, if New South Wales win the Origin, I'll be tweeting it out that uh, yeah, New South Wales one in a row shirt. It'll go live. It'll be revealed uh, for pre-orders, and uh, that one there, that's all set up too. So I can pull the trigger on that pretty much tomorrow or on on Thursday if I need to. So yeah, it's almost it's almost worth seeing New South Wales win just to see the reaction to that design. I th- honestly think I went and got physio on my shoulder today, and. Um, I was just talking to uh, my physio and he said, oh, I've got a client that's, uh, you know, that, that comes in here all the time and he's a mad Manly fan. And he said, if they, if New South Wales win, I'll buy one of those shirts for him. And then there was a guy in the next sort of um, 
in next bed, you know, with the physio thing. And my guy, when he had, he put the electrode things on my arm, you know, for the the pulse thing, and then then went into to work on this guy's knee. And um, he was talking to him, and he was a key, I could hear he was a Kiwi guy, and uh, he was a New South Wales fan as well. And he's gone, so he about this shirt, and he could hear him talking to him. And so he sold another one for this guy as well. <laughs> so I really hope it happens because um, there's definitely demand out there, and people are going to love it. So uh, yeah, New South Wales just they've just got one job, win. They do that, and the shirt's out. Cha-ching. Simple. Simple as that. We'll sell, we'll sell 100 of them in a week easily. Easily. And shit goes viral. Sell 10,000 of them. Interesting. <laughs> like the way you think. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, wishful thinking. But yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and just a reminder, if you want to, you know, guarantee you're going to, you know, we're going to have a shirt in your size for Tigers and Decline um, for the first uh, edition, uh, the first print of them, then... I only ever anticipated we'd have one print of them, but I mean, the way the demand is at the moment, it's going to be either a bigger first print or there's going to be multiple prints. But if you want to guarantee your size in that first batch, so you'll have, you know, sort of over the next, you know, three weeks, say, get in your order now, get it into, get in, well, as you're listening to the show now, do it right now because uh, be pulling the trigger on the order and uh, it'll be too late after that for probably, uh, you know, it could be too late for you for a couple of weeks. Hook in, motherfuckers. So hook in. Done a great job so far. I'm loving it. I mean, we gave people a bit of a rev up last week and the sales have been ridiculous. I mean, we probably had uh, 200% more than we'd sold, you know, up to that, maybe even more. I mean, the vast majority have been sold since last week's episode. So it's fantastic to see. Um, It helps us out a lot. And um, yeah, it means that we've, you know, we covered our costs on this shirt, which is fantastic. So that's it. See you next week. Go Blues. Go Manly. You don't want to throw in a go anything? All right, then. See you next week, then. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 